No agenda show. Strong bloody violence and nudity throughout the movie. Anal leakage may occur. See it now. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, September 2nd, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 231. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I am the conspiracy scientist formerly known as the filthy human baby, Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's finally summertime, and I'm happy about it. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. In the morning to you, John. All ships at sea and human resources in the chat room. Hey, you took my all ships at sea. <laughs> yeah, that's right, baby. Yeah, that's only a, that's a payback, obviously, so you're keeping score. Uh, trying to. Trying to. Mm-hmm. So we missed, we missed a big anniversary I want to talk about right at the top. Uh-oh, what did we miss? Well, apparently the uh, the uh, the 13th anniversary of the Princess of Wales' death. Oh, that's right. I... And it was uh, celebrated, I guess, in some offhanded way in China <laughs> really? by a company called Jealousy International, which apparently took uh, the head of <laughs> Diana and placed it on a lingerie model. <laughs> playing a cello, <laughs> which is quite a sight, I might add. <laughs> playing a cello and rolling out a line of of, of lingerie. Uh, there's also a child involved in this in this billboard they put up, and uh, which is kinky. And uh, the company uh, has been uh, blasted by the Diana Appreciation Society, amongst others. You think? Uh, blatantly exploiting the, the poor dead woman. And the representative of the company reportedly told China Radio that the Diana product, the Diana product line, was meant to honor the princess, princess's taste in underwear. <laughs> Hot pockets! <laughs> Only in China. Wow. Do we have a, a copy of said billboard? Is there? Yeah, a, a I have link? a copy. Of, or there's a picture. I'm going to send you the yeah, link. You should definitely send me that. That's one and, for the but show. You, what I found interesting where this thing ran is apparently uh, the Today Show has a special website uh, uh-huh. called The Royals on <laughs> Today. So, they, so we're, they're, you know. Propagating uh, the formula. It's unbelievable. Anyway, I'll send you this. People can look at this for themselves. It's a hilarious article. That's great. I, you know, I'm refreshing CNN.com, uh, but I don't see any news of it yet. But uh, apparently another oil rig blew just moments ago in the Gulf. Oh, here it is. Oil rig blast reported in the Gulf of Mexico. Just showed up. Oil rig has reportedly exploded 80 miles off the coast of Louisiana. 13 people on board. One injured. The explosion happened south of Vermilion Bay. Thank you. Let me just grab that picture while you're there. Uh, although 13 people have been accounted for, blah, 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 trying to determine the cause of the blast, don't know yet. It's uh, Marine International, though. Uh, well-known players in the game of uh, the oil cabal. So that should be interesting because this is probably the original one. They just needed to come up with some some way to... Tell everyone that it was still leaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's possible. You know, uh, I don't think so. I don't think they're that well organized because I think they're just a bunch of, you know, well, 
You know, it's kind Hot of dogs. It, it's kind of funny because, uh, and I do have a couple links which you can talk about later. But remember, there was this. Uh, uh, I played the clip from C-SPAN uh, in the Senate. Baby, could you turn off your Skype? Someone's calling you. Thanks. Uh, there was this uh, clip from C-SPAN in the Senate, and they were bitching. You talking and, to me? Yes. And they were bitching and moaning about uh, uh, about the Republicans not wanting to. Uh, bring the vote to the floor with uh, about the commission having subpoena power. Yeah, we we played that last week. Right, um, and and you know the, the tip off was right there. I should have known because in the House the bill passed two hundred and ninety to one. And whenever you see a two hundred and ninety to one, you know the fix who, is in. Well, you know who the one is going to be. Oh yeah, Ron Paul. Exactly. So, so Ron Paul's against the commission, and I'm like, or the subpoena power for the commission. So, um, so I had to look this up. Statement opposing HR 5481, Madam Speaker, I oppose HR 5481, which gives subpoena power to the National Commission on the British Petroleum Deepwater Horizon oil spill and offshore drilling. This is an overly broad grant of power to a presidential commission. This should be a congressional commission. Wow, okay, that makes total sense. The pres- there should be no, like, group of shills who should be investigating this. I totally agree. It should be a congressional uh, committee that investigates this, not a presidential committee. So do we have to go to – here's what you're telling me. We're going to have to go to Ron Paul's website to see what's really going on in this country? That's what I typically do. Because, you know, the thing that's annoying about this story already – is the fact that the Democrats made such a big fuss over the fact that they shelved the uh, the thing in the Senate. Oh, how could you do such a thing? Where is Wiener? Why didn't he come out and complain? Oh, because he's a douchebag. And they're not going to complain about it because they think a presidential commission is just fine and they probably all want to be on it because that's where all the money is. If you want a payday, get get yourself on the committee or commission that is going to investigate BP. That's, <laughs> he wants some perks? Hop on that puppy. That's where you want to be. I had. I've been doing some investigating about this whole thing, and you know the the re, the reason why there's not going to be any true investigation is because you know where does all the money come from? All the money in the world comes from the oil industry. All the tax revenues, all the payoffs, all the perks, all the hookers, all the blow. It all comes from the oil companies. This, no one's going to really investigate them. Seems really crazy. It's just not going to happen. And, of course, uh, the Republicans are actually defending uh, not wanting to bring it to the, the bill to the House because, or to the Senate, to the Senate floor, uh, because literally it was introduced four minutes, like f- four minutes before they went into the, onto the floor and said, hey, we want to we wanna have give subpoena power to the commission, uh, is when the Republicans heard about it, and it was like, you know, seven at night or something. So, of course, they're going to say, look, we got to object. We don't even know what the hell this is about. So that was totally just a... a a BS uh, plan just to make everybody look bad, you know, to expose the. Well, it worked well. They, yeah, it they worked looked fantastically bad on well. News. Yeah, they look really bad. But the point is, it's it's a presidential committee, and, and it's not a congressional committee. It should be. It should be our representatives, and it should be on C-SPAN, not behind closed doors, just like the nine eleven commission, which is what they're trying to do. I got to throw it out for douchebag. There you go. Indeed. Well, I can tell you some people who aren't douchebags. Let me guess. We have at least one supporter of this show who we can list as a 
as an executive producer. Yeah, we actually have three executive producers, oh. and they need to they need to be boxed separately. We need one separate box. Wow! So for, each person gets an executive producer credit. No, just, no, we got we got one executive producer in his in his own box, and then two okay. in the second box. Holy moly! Okay, this is big. Let's do it. I'm uh, well. It's Era uh, Durdurian from Trabuco Canyon, California, uh, who gave us uh, six hundred dollars, and he gets his own executive producer okay, slot. Hold on a second. I'm right. Era de- Derderian. D-E-R-D-E-R. D-E-R-D-E-R-D-E-R-D-E-R. D-E-R-D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N-N-N. Right. Trabuco Canyon. I don't even know where that is. And I've been living in California. Paul Couture again. Sir Paul, I should say. Sir Paul, yes. Another 33333, Antioch, Tennessee. And from down under, Melbourne, to be exact. Uh, Sir Matthew, or I guess he's going to be Sir Matthew Greensmith uh, later in the show. Uh, 333-333, and that's it for this week. No associates. Nobody came came into the associate ranks for some reason. So um, we've. it's funny. I, I think Friday, um, is it actually true, John? Are we going to have an actual meeting? <laughs> So Sir Paul Couture is, is yes Sir Paul Couture has has a has a whole ring set up and I've seen email yeah, go back and forth and we're going to have that finished up but we have to decide on uh, You actually proposed discussing this on Friday which to me sounds like a meeting John I'm trying to find some other word <laughs> I think we can just I'm going to put it on my calendar I'm I just going to discussion group I think we have an actual meeting uh, it's the first well it's about the rings though so this is really good the ring yeah, the rings like are happening precedence with actually having meetings right but these rings it's going to happen though finally it's going to happen and I mean, you know we set our funds aside so it's all you know good to be paid for for the previous nights and uh, and moving forward, everyone who uh, becomes a knight gets an official ring. The discussion, of course, what the meeting is going to be about, I can already predict it, is uh, should we have rings that are non-knight rings? Yeah, I know Paul wants to do something like that. You know, I'm ag- uh, I'm ta- I, personally, I'm against it. Yeah, well, I want to hear his argument. What's I your- mean, the coins worked out, but see, the thing is, he's got us trumped. Because his his actual marketing uh, uh, guesswork. He, no, the reason he, he's got us trumped is because he's he's feeding us. That's why his his it's plans like are keeping us he fed. Has like, uh, a better sense of these things. I have to talk, we have to talk to him just to figure out what, where he's coming from because he has uh, he has great ideas. And uh, I don't know if you saw the the cache of coins. Oh, they look beautiful. Yeah, I retweeted the picture. They're, they're yeah, phenomenal. they actually look better than they do in the drawings. And, and you know, and I'll be honest. There, there was a moment in the past couple of months where I had like this little pang of fear in the middle of the night, and my eyes would open. I'd be like, "Oh my, it's gonna be some crap going on with customs, or these rings, these coins are gonna get tied up for weeks, and I'm like, everyone's gonna look like shit, and it's gonna be bad." Did you have any of that at, at any point at all? No. Hmm. Nothing against Sir Paul. I was just like, "Oh, you know, I, I hope this, I hope this works out. I really, really hope because everyone is so excited about the rings." The coins. Yeah, coins. I'm sorry. I'm I'm ex- I'm just excited. Here, yeah. Well, I, I would, especially when you're a proposition just before the show. I All see. right, everybody, please. You need to, you need to go out and do something important for us. Here it is. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. World order. All right, everybody. 
And of course, we want to thank uh, our executive producers, executive producer Ara Dadarian, executive producer Sir Paul Couture, and executive producer Sir Matthew Greensmith uh, for supporting our show. These are real credits. If you already have an IMDb listing, you can put them on. Um, Of course, you can put it on your business card, on your resume, in your email signature. All of that is completely valid. And unlike... And this, of course, is exactly like a, a Hollywood movie where you see these executive producers, uh, these credits, and it's basically people who have funded the, that movie, and uh, you live on in perpetuity. Uh, but unlike Hollywood, we'll actually uh, vouch for you. You must remain in your houses until your bracelets are scanned. <laughs> Just something new. I'm staying in. <sighs> Where's that from? Is that from? Uh... Uh, it's from a longer piece, actually. It's uh, from this piece. Remain in your houses. The President of the United States has declared martial law under Executive Order 11004. You must remain in your houses until your bracelets are scanned. It's from the future, John. That's where it's from. <laughs> Somebody dropped it off? It's, yeah, it's from the what future. What future are we talking about? Two years from now? Yeah, yeah, 2012. It's coming, baby. It's just around the corner. Mm. Uh, Klaatu actually sent that to me. I think it's from a commercial. Like some survival seed bank uh, company or something. I thought it was pretty funny. I like it. Hey, where do you want to start? Well, I guess we should start at the beginning, which is the uh, Obama. Uh, yes, uh, that th- that the war is over. Speech. The war is over. I have I have the speech. You don't have to play very much of it to start pulling it apart. Actually, the I mo- have some. I have pieces of it, kind of. Oh, good. Because- Oh, good. I have the uh, my my take on the thing f- for the purposes of the show was the I mean you had two gr- you, you, there's two things that happened and I at this time instead of just kind of concentrating on one uh, side of the aisle I went on both sides to to, to listen to some of these commentaries and the, my favorite ones were were Hannity uh, who who is completely aghast by the fact that Obama gave the speech without th- throwing roses at Bush. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty amazing, wasn't it? Well, and he's not like, the only yeah, one. We can start way. with that, and because but there's more, there's more coming. Let's see which one. I have two Hannity clips. Is it vis? vis- I, I start with the Hannity and McCain comedy hour clip. <laughs> okay, here we go. Tonight, I am announcing that the American combat mission in Iraq has ended. Operation Iraqi Freedom is over, and the Iraqi people now have lead responsibility for the security of their country. And for days, there have been questions over whether or not the president would acknowledge his predecessor, George W. Bush, during his remarks. And tonight, those questions were answered. Again, take a look. This afternoon, I spoke to former President George W. Bush. It's well known that he and I disagreed about the war from its outset. Yet no one can doubt President Bush's support for our troops or his love of country and commitment to our security. And joining me now with reaction to the president's address is the ranking member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, Arizona Senator John McCain. Senator, welcome back. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me back. So, the, so you know, how ungracious of the president, as we just see here, you know, he said as the minimal things. Well, George Bush supports our troops. He loves our country. Uh, that's, the, that's the best he could muster? 
Well, it, it's, it shows a, a real lack of generosity of spirit. Uh, look, uh, what he should have said, I opposed the surge. I was wrong. I made a mistake. And George W. Bush deserves credit for doing something that was very, very unpopular at the time. Instead... All right. Kidding. All are right. these guys are these guys seriously on the air expecting Obama to go on and say, well, you know, I was wrong about the whole thing. And Bush is the greatest president in history. <laughs> well, of course, this is all just a comedy hour to cover up the fact that the war is not over. We've actually started uh, a new mission called Operation New Dawn. The, nothing is over. This is a big lie. And it's I'd- hard to say it's over when you've got 50,000 people there and who knows how many contractors. This has got, they got more people over there than the Vietnam War in its heyday. So a couple things. First of all, Obama, uh, you know, in this speech, he said, uh, well, you know, I, even though I oppose, I'd like to point out that he did not vote. He was not there for the vote. He, uh, he did not vote. He, he was he was an expert at not voting. Yeah, he was not there, so he didn't vote, which, of course, was a total push. Uh, let me give you an example of what is actually going on. Uh, this is from um, SPC name withheld to protect uh, his identity. U.S. Army parts unknown. Adam and John, just in case you guys weren't tracking, Operation Iraqi Freedom is over. <laughs> Starting today, the remainder of U.S. uniformed personnel will engage in Operation New Dawn. Also, even though the troops that remain are, quote, advise and assist, make no mistake about it. Men, many of them are combat troops. My unit is a heavy brigade combat team, which means we are mechanized infantry with tanks, Bradley fighting vehicles, and artillery. My unit is also the most deployed brigade combat team in the Army with nearly 55 months in Iraq. SPC name withheld. Thank you for your service and dealing with this bull crap. So it's, it's a lie. It's a lie. Here's a guy who is in Iraq right now. He's a part of Operation New Dawn, and he is a combat troop. So it's a lie. The combat troops are still there. It's just not true. Unless, of course, this is a a fake email, but I don't think so. No, you you, you can kind of vet vet these things on the fly often. And, you you know, sometimes there's just enough details. And why would somebody write that to us anyway? Because he's a patriot. That's why. I'm just saying, why would somebody write that a bogus letter to us? No. Uh, to to it just doesn't make any sense. So the guy probably uh, was legit. So so what Obama? Probably. I mean, he obviously is legit. Yeah. I'm sorry to say that. So well, what um, what Obama didn't do, Tony Blair is doing in his conveniently timed release of his new book, and uh, in it he hails President George Bush as awesome and more. If you want to listen. Hey. <laughs> You want a quick little listen? Yeah, and by the way, after you th- play this clip, we have to talk about the alcohol meme that oh, shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got, we got to finish this up first, though. Uh, here we go. This is uh, from the BBC. Three years' work have gone uh, into Sky this. News, sorry. And the big question people want to know about is, does Tony Blair have regrets for taking Britain into what many here see as George Bush's war? The answer is that he regrets the loss of life. He feels desperately. He says he thinks every day about it. He is consumed with anguish about those who lost their lives, but he doesn't have any regrets about having taken Britain into the war. He says Saddam Hussein was a dangerous man, would have remained a threat and become more of a threat, and so no regrets about that, Zane. What does he say about uh, the former President Bush, Cheney, Rumsfeld? 
Well, it's very interesting to see what he has to say about allies and friends as, as well as some of his enemies. George Bush, he said, everybody gets him wrong in suggesting that he was a dumb fellow who somehow bumbled his way into the presidency. He says Bush is very sharp, is very intelligent, and that nobody could survive the U.S. presidential election system without being so. Uh, he says Bush also has a gift for communication and that George, uh, he puts it, has immense sim simplicity in how he saw the world, rightly or wrongly, that led to decisive leadership. But perhaps a little less admiration for Dick Cheney, Vice President. Uh, Tony Blair suggests he would have invaded Syria and Iran as well if he could have had his way. <laughs> uh, he's a smart man. Yeah, yeah, but he's simple, but simple-minded. That's what really makes a difference. Play the uh, Hannity. Anyway, back to this, the whole issue. There's, there's two clips I want to play, uh, and both of them are kind of related about this. And one of them is this, this, this bull crap about victory. Yeah. And it's like I'm, I'm going to ask a question of pe people who really believe that you know you stay there till the job is done, which is the, the meme that keeps floating around. Yeah. What was what, the, what job? was the job? What was the job? <laughs> what was the job? And how do you know when it's done? Can you pl play Hannity on victory? This just galled me. I, I, I don't know what he was trying to do tonight. It seemed like in many ways he was trying to thread the needle, appeal to his left-wing base. I mean, the closest he came to saying we were victorious was the American, uh, the American people who served in Iraq completed every mission that they were given. They defeated a regime that had terrorized its people. Well, yeah, we toppled the regime a long time ago. How about we won the war? It was a success. Mission accomplished. That's the <laughs> mission, mission accomplished. I you tell can't you. say we won the war because they still have the combat troops, as as pointed out by the letter you just received from uh, ArmyTimes.com uh, from the chat room. General Gadsden, I think, just sent this in. Um, combat brigades in Iraq under different name. <laughs> this is from ArmyTimes.com. This is like an official arm of the army, I think. <laughs> As the final convoy of the Army's 4th Striker Brigade combat team based at Fort Lewis, Washington, entered Kuwait early Thursday, a different Striker Brigade remained in Iraq. Soldiers from the 2nd Striker Brigade combat team of the 25th Inf Infantry Division are deployed in Iraq as members of the Advise and Assist Brigade. Advise and Assist. The Army's designation for brigades selected to, con to conduct security force assistance. So this basically corroborates the, the note I just, just uh, read you. Yeah, it's the and here's, and here, but meanwhile, we still have the propaganda machines on both sides of the aisle going. Now, the one that got, I thought, was the funniest, and you can play as much of this as you want to, mm -hmm. but I have a clip of Richard Engel, who is NBC's foreign correspondent. He spent more time in Iraq than half the troops, and the way I see it when I'm listening to him, he's actually become one of the troops, <laughs> you know, which is you get, you know, you're working with these guys all the time. You're going to pretty much pick up their habits, their ideas. You're going to be reflective of them. So, so your friend Rachel Maddow, ah, Mad Cow, ha, Rachel Mad Cow, <laughs> brings him on because he's like oh, NBC. No. So you know she's expecting him to you know to spout the party line of what a great to speech, pro yeah, was propagate by Obama the formula. And out. Sure, sure. And Angle just blows the whole. As far as he's concerned, the whole thing was a fiasco. And all the while, once he begins. Maddow sat there and just steamed in her own juices and couldn't get out of the hole. Wait a minute, isn't this pre-recorded? This isn't live, is it? Her show is it live? She, yeah, when well, it's live to tape. Yeah, but it's live to tape so they, for ten minutes. They're not going to do any post on it. They can't kick him off. So this guy is totally a candidate for. Uh, 
He's the getting... candidate for ended up on CBS is what it is. But you can... <laughs> All right, let's listen. The combat mission in Iraq, Operation Iraqi Freedom, will be over. Joining us now is NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel, uh, who spent more time in Iraq than any other American I know. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm all right, I think. Um, the president's speech tonight, um, I guess I just want your overall re- it just made me cry. reaction to him marking the end of the war this way. No mention of democracy. You talked about all the reasons that the U.S. went to war. The one that, was, that we heard all the time when we were in Baghdad was democracy, that this was going to bring a new flourishing society. Nothing. Hmm. Instead, it was thank you to the troops, but didn't exactly say thank you for what they did. Just thank you for achieving what was asked. Well, thank was... you for doing what we asked you to do. Right, she's, she's already like... There were some... Just, I'll just interrupt just for one second. A war to disarm a state, he said, became a fight against an insurgency. A war to put the future of Iraq in the hands of its people. A belief that out of the ashes of war, a new beginning could be born. A very... What is that? Where... where t- where was Mad Cow when we went to war? This this was about Saddam Hussein, weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, when did she change sides on this thing? Yeah, what's up with that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you for sort of something. There was yeah. no real sense of thank you for what you've done. Have you made the world safer? Have you made America safer? Yeah. He talked about thanking the Iraqis for creating an opportunity for the Iraqis to have find their own destiny, emerge from the ashes, and start their own society and <laughs> society started there <laughs> that right. just makes me laugh it's a, it is literally laughable. it is literally the cradle of society you know look up the sumerian tablets this that's crazy i can't believe anyone would say that you can start society over again good job the first time around that's a tough lesson to a tough message to hear thank you for the for the for fighting thank you for doing what we asked but i can't really pin down what i'm thanking you for yeah let me ask you about one yeah shut up let me try and uh, get you back on track here a uh, specific thing he said about essentially what's going to happen in iraq next he said of course violence will not end with our combat mission extremists will continue to set off bombs attack iraqi civilians and try to spark sectarian strife but he said ultimately these terrorists will fail to achieve their goals. Iraqis are a proud people. They have rejected sectarian war, and they have no interest in endless destruction. My question to you, John, is do you think, and unfortunately I, I believe I know the answer, but do you think that the American public is really just so stupid that we're, that we're just really forgetting what this war was about, what it was all weapons of mass destruction, it was horrible, it was like press a button and we're all dead here, Saddam Hussein, who we found in a hole... And uh, and got hanged. That was, that was remember all that. I mean, do you really think people are just forgetting all this and thinking, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were there to help them. Yeah, it's all over. We did a good job. Do you really believe that that's what's going to happen? Yeah, because obviously, because the public is gets hounded by these people with the, with the, with whatever you know. Here's your here's our talking points for the month. We got to make everyone think this way. And I mean, like, you know, the way you got the American public, 70 percent of them, I think, at some point believe that Al Qaeda, the attacks originated in Iraq because they were told so by this mainstream media in some in odd in odd ways. They weren't directly told that actually the mainstream media was sending the other message, but they were doing it in such a way that it made people with, you know, the neurolinguistic programming. We don't know. Like advertisements, like like I got to go buy some hot pockets because they're good for me. Yeah, it's it's it just it blows me away that we're. But that, she is such a stooge about this. Well, totally. She, she's the one. I would actually expect Mad Cow to come out and say, 
you know, this is bull crap. This was about uh, weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, instead she's sitting here uh, helping Obama's cause. I mean, she's basically an Obama bot to an extreme, and it's, it's actually embarrassing. I hope he's right. And Iraqis themselves don't want civil war. And they, they didn't want civil war when it happened. And a lot of times people don't get what they want. I, I'm a firm believer that no people want war, yet wars happen. Uh, and they happen quite often. And Iraq right now, even if the Kurds and the Sunnis and the Shiites don't want to fight each other, there are groups pushing them in that direction. And if there is a major catastrophe, uh, a big bomb in Najaf, I don't think the country is strong enough to prevent another round of civil war, especially if they don't have a government. They have security forces that have been created by the United States and are pretty good. But if you don't have anyone leading them and you have fewer American troops, then you don't have effective security forces. Right. But this is where she should say, well, that's not our problem. Now, is it? It's not our problem. She's actually, she says, right well, yeah. she, well her brain is grinding away on, on how this interview went off the track because yeah. it was really meant to just extol obama and let's hear what she comes out with then president maliki um in uh, prime minister maliki in iraq today gave uh, his own televised speech in iraq marking the same transition just as obama yeah, did he shouldn't even be prime minister he was not elected he didn't win the elections he's hanging on to power we could be we're backing him right now there i've spoken with a lot of people who are involved in these negotiations the deal is we'll try and reduce maliki's influence and, and weaken his post a little bit and we'll bring in ayatollah the, the person who actually won the elections, and we'll try and create some sort of sh- power-sharing agreement. One, I think it will be a tremendously weak... At this point, she's flabbergasted. She's not even interrupting anymore. She's like... Uh, you ought to see her. She really has a concerned look on her face. ...government that cannot handle the real problems, the people who are trying to push Iraq back into a civil war. Mm-hmm. And it's not anything that the Iraqis are used to. They had a centrally controlled government. Now they have no government. And if the American plan going forward is to give them some sort of weak consensus government, I don't see how they're going to get out of this. Richard, we all know um, the list of justifications for the Iraq invasion. The predict- oh, we all know them, John. Is she going to list guess- them? Is she going to list the justifications? Uh, let me uh, see. She's, she's scrambling now. Let me see. I, I don't think there was actually a, what do you call it, a uh, congressional declaration of war. I don't think we actually had that, did we? So justification or not, it was an illegal war, not sanctioned. Yeah, and, as, and as a left-wing progressive, she should be bringing this up. Yeah, it, it's in the Constitution. Only Congress can declare a war. But this was a war declared by President Bush and by Dick Cheney and Donald Trump. Justifications. Yeah, that's justification. So let's hear the. Ju- Hopefully, she'll tell us what the justifications were because we all know them, John. We all know them effects of the Iraq war um, that turned out to be bull. I went through all of those in my initial segment. Yes, I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Democracy across the Middle East. Democracy is not broken out in the Middle East. No, it has. That was the justification? Yeah, apparently. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, uh, if the idea is to stop weapons of mass destruction, ah, there you go. Iran has been unleashed, and Iran, by all accounts, is trying to find and create a weapon of mass destruction. And so, you, how about Pakistan then? I think Iran has been strengthened. They're the big winner from oh, the Iraq. Of course war. they are. Of course they are. Most Iraqis, if you ask them what they're afraid of, they're afraid of Americans leaving because they're they are concerned that Iran will be the biggest player. There are people who fought against the United States in Ramadan. 
Ahmadi and Fallujah and the Sunni areas who now, and they didn't join, not people who joined the awakening, people who were with the resistance and who now say, you know, maybe it's not a good idea for the Americans to leave because we don't really don't want Iran to come in and take over. Wow. I mean, it is... It, it is amazing to think that even without a, without a new government being formed, even without us not knowing exactly where things are going, even with, as you're describing, the prospect of another civil war, the probably most accurate generalization we can make about what the effect on Iraq has been of this war is that we turned it from a Sunni dictatorship into the world's only Shiite Arab state. Shiite failed sectarian corrupt <laughs> oil patronage state. It has been. It is a basket case in the Middle East. That is- <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. Hey, that's great. I love that. You know, of course, the bottom line is, of course we won. You have to, as an American, I know that we win a war after we've killed about 100,000 people. What's the score today? Oh, 100,000. Yay! Hot pockets! War is over. We've done it. Mission accomplished. We killed some people. Good job, everybody. Good job. So proud of that. Fantastic. Of course, all the oil companies have divvied up all the oil fields. Everyone got into the auction. Everyone got their piece. Everyone's got every oh, little piece money. that they want. Yeah, corrupt, a, like he said, corrupt. Yep, totally corrupt. Yeah. By the way, by the way, we had an earthquake here at. Oh, really? I didn't feel about it. five minutes ago in at nine thirty-four. Oh, I didn't feel anything here. You're not in the same fault zone. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a little shaker. I'm a different I, switch. It was unusual because it was. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure where it came from, but usually. Uh, earthquakes on i live on a huge rock so it's like a giant ship so it only it acts as a big you know it's it, it buffers uh, uh earthquakes but this was a, a, just a slight a slight wiggle which is unusual because usually i get a bang it sounds like some truck ran into the garage or something and uh but anyway i just thought i'd mention that we did live show and i'm still here it was uh magnitude 3.3 on the something scale apparently something scale, but where was it it must have been located in berkeley uh, let me see. Um, real time. Uh, it, if at that low a number, it had to be very close. I'm telling you, the switch is right near you, baby. How come it's uh, oh, this actually is a, this my is a horrible wife law. who monitors earthquakes for some I don't know sick reason. She the daily. She says there's an extremely low incidence of normal mini quakes that in, always indicates a big one about to hit. Yeah, San Francisco Bay Area, 3.3. 3.3, Bay Area, four minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, okay. We're still on the air, though, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> as long as we can be, we're staying on the air through all the shakers. Well, of course, they, 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 something has to happen. You know, we've got a new... A new explosion in the Gulf, which, of course, is great because we needed a new spill cam. We need to see more plumes. A new spill cam. Yeah, yeah, we need, to, we need a new, uh, new video. New video has to come out. So I think we beat Obama to death. What else we got? Well, How about, you know, we got a, one of our, uh, uh, who's it? I think Sir Paul is in Tennessee, right? Yes. Well, then he must be familiar with the uh, the phenomenon of uh, of Buford Marceau or whatever the heck his name is. Who that, is that? that I don't know. They're ridiculing is. to death. Uh, well, you if you want to know who it is, you can find out by listening to uh, Marceau uh, ridicule. Uh, K- Jimmy Kimmel introduce him on. Uh, see what we have here. Wait, 
oh, is this is this the guy who the 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 guy who did the in the morning thing and he's running for governor? Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, did in the morning. Guy. Yeah, he he did he didn't because he's a listener. He's a typical no agenda audience member. So I have uh, let's see, there's a short clip and a long clip. The short clip, which I think is Marceau ridicule clip. Why don't you just play that and you can get an idea? Okay. This is I, this is where I fell in love with Basil. Basilmarceau.com. Okay. Now, first of all, I want to point out, you know, are all the writers in Hollywood listening to this show? We did this weeks ago. Yeah. This is this is nothing new. We've we've already been all over this. He's half the internet. What? Yeah, but he actually had him on as a guest. Oh, okay. Well, we don't do guests, so th- there you go. The Republican candidate for governor. I'd like to recall all permits and registration for guns. Everyone can carry guns. If you kill someone, no, you get murdered. I mean, you go to jail. And uh, I'd like to put uh, plant grass or vegetation across the state where I need make a lot and sell it for gas. So we can use it, use it for our expenses. I like what I'm hearing so far, I have to say. <laughs> and I, and I, and I, I, Kaylin Marceau, 2012, could be a, a very viable ticket. Here's BasilMarceau.com on uh, traffic stops. <laughs> I also want to stop traffic stops. Set it up like the Supreme Court rule in Nola versus Iowa. Can't find evidence in the car, you can't look. I want you all to vote for Basil Marceau. I want you to say the Pledge of Allegiance to a Republic in the morning when you Yay! come out. And we all pray to God and say amen. And everyone have a nice day. All right. Well, that's... I know. So, so, well, let me just so, say, let me just say the sad thing is, is the guy is saying a lot of good things. It's just it's, actually he it says it, a number of interesting things. Yeah, it's just coming in out a, in a little very retarded way. Yes. And uh, proper use and, of the word. And he's constantly being, you know, harangued. Uh, I mean, he's it's just out now. It's almost like this is what gets me. I mean, well, it's no supposedly. It, it's, wait a minute. The right wing is supposed to be a bunch of cruel bastards. But this is like out and out open cruelty. He has the guy on the show essentially makes fun of, fun him. of him. Yeah, because he's retarded. And he makes the point, you know, he says, well, it could be a perfect ticket with Palin Marceau, which obviously indicates his, uh, his political affiliation. Reasons. Yeah, exactly. And and then, meanwhile, just does nothing but just slam the guy, doesn't even let him finish a thought when he's actually on oh, the This show. is but, laughing about retards. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's laughing about retards because the guy is somewhat mentally retarded. I mean, at least that—that's the way he comes across. However, what he's saying is far from it. He's saying, "Hey, you know, you shouldn't be able to just checkpoint me and look in my car without do without real reason. You, you have to—you can't just search me for, for 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 nothing." You know, he's saying some really good stuff. But no, that if it, 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 you almost think the guy is a plant. No, I, I actually am convinced he's a plant. Yeah, it, it's like let's let's push this. Hey, look, here's a guy. This is really great. Look at this retard. We'll just we'll just make him we'll just make him uh, like the Tea Party. Uh, like we can laugh at him because yeah, we we'll do some associative uh, yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Association. Yeah, it's perfect. Republican. Make sure make sure they emphasize he's a Republican, yeah. which he does over and over again. Yeah. And in fact, you can listen to here. Play the uh, uh, Marceau on Kimmel. So I, I, I actually I think I may have taken the introduction out where he introduces him as the Republican. Candidate for governor. Oh, this governor. is great. Yeah, you know, I'm very glad you did this, John, because not a lot of people would go through the 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 
tiring process of watching Jimmy Kimmel and then actually pulling these clips. It's appreciated. National news when a one-minute speech he made on local television became a huge YouTube hit. He's a Republican candidate for governor of Tennessee. Please say hello to Basil Marceau. I bet you Letterman's going, damn, crap, I could have had this guy on. That would have been great. And then great. there's the music. I think Letterman wouldn't have done this. Uh, uh, there's the music, ridiculing music, yeah. a bunch of people clapping and whooping it up. Woo, a retard! Yay! This is exactly, funny! They, bring, they, they trot the guy out, and yeah. then they and then Kimmel doesn't even let him make any points, which he has kind of an idiot savant style of making interesting points, even though he st- stumbles a lot and stammers. Mm-hmm. Which, but We might as well make fun of that, too. And then, uh, you know, in the in a very progressive liberal way, let's you know we're also concerned about everybody's feelings and self esteem. But the, yeah, let's, let's, let's make a scene here. Yep. And though, and so they bring him out, and uh, it's, when he starts making some points, there's actually a number of people in the audience who whoop it up, saying, "Yeah, this is not yeah, a bad yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> the, the time to make fun of the retard again." Let's listen to a little bit of this. I like it. What happened to your hand? <laughs> I was making some sausage, and, and the fat came out and squished over my hand. Uh, you have to be careful. Don't buy any cheap sausage. It was cheap sausage? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that should be part of your campaign platform. Don't buy cheap sausage. That's right. Let's go over your platform, if we could. Um, first of all, you say you believe everyone should carry guns. That's correct. Uh, after reading the Constitution, it says uh, we have rights to bear arms against our government. Right. So, so but would people be required to? To, to bear arms? Would they have to well, have guns? If they didn't have one, they couldn't uh, represent themselves uh, to protect themselves against the government. So okay. I'll, I'll, probably, I'll, probably, I'll probably find them $10 if they don't... Uh, you would find them? So I have these little investigators out in the street with no power. Right. And say, hey, give me show your gun. If they don't have one, well, I'm going I'm to find them 10 bucks. Would you put <laughs> Lindsay Lohan to death if you were the governor of California? No. You would not. Okay. Now The, 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 guy, the guy, you know, of course, he, he is... You know, he's mentally retarded in, to some degree. I mean, I'm just, I don't know that for sure. I don't know how you test for that, but you can kind of tell. But when Kimmel throws something at him like that, he goes, he thinks about it for a second. goes, no, no, I wouldn't do that. What are you, nuts? This is, this is stupid. You know, because yeah. the guy is actually thinking straight. This is genius, John. <laughs> You're a retard! Disappointment? Unless you kill someone, I have no choice. Right, okay. Now, I want to go through another. Uh, this is a quote from your website. Vote for me, and if I win, I will immune you from all state crimes for the rest of your life. What does that mean? Okay, so... Uh, if I commit a crime, I, if I vote for you, I would, I'd have immunity? Well, see, in 1866... When, when, yeah, but that was a long time ago. Like, wow, oh, interesting. Interesting. He's going uh, uh, pre-Constitution. This is great. So the guy's done some history as well. Idiot. Well, no, he said 1866. Which oh, I'm pre-constitution. sorry. 18. That was 100 years. Okay. But he's 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 a history buff, and he's done his homework. I like it. I like what it. happens if I do something today? I mean, I'm sure if I do something today, would I have immunity from crime? Okay. Let me explain. Okay. If the Supreme Court 
came to a, a point to where they don't can't rule, they don't know, they go back in history and see if anybody ruled right, in history. For, yeah. So I couldn't find anything how to stop traffic stops in the United States. Uh-huh. So I went back in the past and I found uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1886 that was adopted in the 14th Amendment. And where, that's about traffic? There wasn't even no, what it is, cars then. See, he's, he's, he's trying to, he's already searching for the punchline. Kimmel's already trying to find the joke and the guy is actually onto something here. No, what it is, it, it, oh. made, it made it a misdemeanor to break the Constitution. I see. A thousand dollar fine a year in jail for, any, for anyone. I got you. You turn him over to U.S. Marshals, a freedom agent. Okay. And, and that's supposed to be a Marine today. A civilian. All right. Okay. Uh, um, but I'm the, not sure I, I get that, but let well, me ask you another one. Let's, let, let's laugh about that. Man, this is, Basil is my new hero. I'm telling you, the, guy, the guy's awesome. Well, they never says if, if you're a freedom bureau, you can arrest anyone. Anyone that hinders the Constitution is, is just as guilty as the first. So it says that I can't give all the warrants out, so I, I hire citizens to give the warrants out. Like police? No, because oh. those tend to one with those ones we have to arrest. Oh, I see. So I have to take a, I have yeah. to take a citizen. Uh-huh. So if a citizen hands the warrant to the police, uh-huh. the police will arrest them. All right. So I have to protect them so they would have to be immune to arrest I their lives. Okay. As a voter, that would be the same thing. Is there a Mrs. Basil Marceau? Yes. There is. And is she happy? Years. she happy that you're running? She's happy I'm running, but she's not happy that uh, I put her life. She thinks I put her life in danger by uh, making the, the, the sausage. Stand. No, the stand I'm taking about turning Tennessee a republic. Oh, I see. Because she doesn't want to be involved in any yeah. controversy. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people in the past that had controversy, they end up dead. Yeah, that's right. That's and, right. Well, don't and, say that in front of her because she's already upset about right. this. And, and your son is your campaign manager. Yes. And is, does he agree with all your... your- I love this Basil guy. I, I really like him now. <laughs> they end up I, I dead. Re- well, you know, a lot of people say that they, they end up dead. So, so, Gee, huh? Well, so let Gee, me. Well, Kimmel just is looking for another gag. Oh yeah. So, so let me offset that with uh, what's actually happening with law enforcement in this country. And uh, you tell me if this guy is so crazy. Carolyn, his name is Peter McFarland, and he calls Marin County home. He's an IT consultant, a cancer survivor with a heart condition. And last summer, he was tased in the sanctity of his own home by Marin County Sheriff's deputies. June 29th last year, just before midnight, 64-year-old Peter McFarland and his wife Pearl were returning from a charity fundraiser. McFarland injured himself as he stumbled and fell down the long steps to his front door. Mainly it was to my knee, in the front of my leg, my shins. His wife called paramedics who helped him into the house and treated him. As the paramedics were leaving, two sheriff's deputies arrived. All of a sudden they just showed up and they came in here like, like there was a fire going on or some gunfight was going on. The video you're about to see is from a camera mounted on the deputy's taser. You can see the laser from the gun targeted on his chest. The deputy tells McFarland he's going to take him to the hospital. Now, so the guy is sitting on the couch, his knee is bleeding, his, his pants are ripped, he's just sitting there calmly and literally, I didn't know they had cameras on these tasers, but you can see the the infrared uh, camera and the dot on his chest and just listen to this because he may be suicidal McFarland tells ABC 7 News it was just hyperbole he was tired and in pain the deputy orders him numerous times to get up or else stand up turn around and put your hands behind your back and you're going to get tased 
McFarland. Shut up, slave. Stand up. You're going to get tased, slave. He keeps refusing. The exchange goes on for about five minutes. His wife keeps pleading with the deputies not to tase him, saying he has a heart condition. Then McFarland tells the deputies in no uncertain terms to leave. So it's a little hard to hear, but he's saying, get the fuck out of my house. I didn't invite you in here. Get out. Then, as he gets up to go to bed, he's tased. Not once, but three times. So the guy's on the ground. Listen, listen to the taser going, and the and the Gestapo keeps saying, "Stop resisting arrest." The guy's writhing in involuntary convulsions. The taser's going and saying, "Stop resisting." This is crazy. I can't listen to it anymore. But anyway, so this is <laughs> it's ludicrous. Yeah, stop resisting. Stop resisting. The guy can't. You can't help it when you're being electrified. You're like you're going. You're you're bugging out. That's the idea. That's what tasers do. They knock you on your ass. You can't move. You can't do anything. You can't resist. Yeah. Anyway, so Basil is not far from the mark. Well, I love this okay. guy. We can do nothing but make fun of him. The left can make fun of him. And meanwhile, of course, just as a counterbalance to this, uh, we have the right wingers. Uh, well, let's think of O'Reilly as an example, mm-hmm. uh, who's probably a Democrat, but it's besides which makes <laughs> a little more sense with this. But we have the. Uh, I have a couple clips from his show uh, where they do kind of. They, they, he's got this one segment where he's got two uh, women attorneys on. And they analyze stories, and yeah, the two yeah. women attorneys are, are hot, are hot, hot, hot. hot. One's a hot blonde, and one's a hot brunette. They're just hot, and they're both ex-prosecutors. And and I and I, and I, and you're just sitting there watching them, thinking, girl on girl. <sighs> so let's play the O'Reilly fascist minute one. Okay, now in Jonesboro, Arkansas, you got a wise guy, all right, who's watching an arrest. I think it's a low-level pot arrest by some officers. He starts to scream at the officers. Roll the tape. Nazi. Nazi. SS. Gestapo. <laughs> yes, Fourth Amendment. Freedom. It means nothing to you. You took an oath to the Constitution, and you don't uphold it. Shame on you. He waved at me. Get off my property. I don't want you here. I'm shutting my garage. Get out of my garage. Listen, now we get the right to interrogate you and find out to interrogate you, but we... I got the right to remain silent. All right, listen. I invoke the right to remain silent, so... I waved at you. Just, hey, how's it going? And you call me a Nazi? Mm Mm-hmm. Why are you calling me a Nazi? Because you're acting like one. Invoking his right to remain silent. <laughs> Not really. What a clown. Uh, yeah, and he's laughing all when he's talking. All right, so what happened to that guy, Will? Uh, this guy, I mean, here's a legal word for him scumbag, you know. Whoa! Whoa. Oh, Harvard Law School, I, everyone. I, 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 Whoa! Little Bo Heaps. Heaven. Absolutely. Little Bo Heaps strikes again. I'm 
just still imagining them with girl on girl sex. I, I, yeah, I well, didn't you even can, hear you, the clips. It turns out to be less than sexy when you think about it. But it's uh, it, that's unbelievable. Oh, the, the, the guys within oh. his rights, he's on his own property because we, you know, the idea was, you know, we have a search and seek. You cannot just go busting into, into someone's some- property. No, you can't. I'm buying a gun here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I swear to God, was it uh, what's our guy Chris have Bullseye USA? I'm, I'm getting me. A, I'm getting our me guy. Some, yeah, I'm getting me something real. I'm getting some firepower up here. So, that, that uh, could have been me. That is apt. That could have been me. I, you know, I, I could totally see me standing on my own property saying, "You friggin' fascist Nazis." That could have been me. What did he get tased? Well, they kept following up. No, they, they we don't know. Maybe, but whatever the case was, the cops come barreling in because the guys shout, and you can't apparently say anything. Even though there's been a court case that says you can say whatever you want, you can you can say you know fuck you to the cops according to this case. Of course, you can. But whatever say the that. case is, the cops aren't going to put up with it. They're going to come up and you're going to do what they do, and uh, it's going to be uh, you know I mean essentially we've we've fallen we've de- fallen into a police state to an extreme. And and the fact that it, it you know you, it's ridicule and what you know this poor Marceau guy's ridiculed by yeah. the pro, the sensitive progressives. Oh, yeah. we're so sensitive to people's feelings. Yeah, let's and laugh at the retard, know, everybody. <laughs> so let's make fun of the retard. And then uh, O'Reilly, you know, who's supposed to be you know a, a conservative, I think on a conservative station, they should be supporting individual rights, not the rights of a police state. And so they call the guy a scumbag and a smartass, and they they you know ridicule this guy who just you know seemed like. A casual character maybe had a record. It's more proof that Fox News is run by Democrats. O'Reilly and the Scissor Sisters. Give me a break. And uh, go to the second one, and we'll get this out of the way. O'Reilly. This is I, this is where I fell in love with Basil. No, no. I'm BasilMarceau.com. Okay. Now, first of all, I want to point out. Sorry, did you say oh, something? Play, play O'Reilly fascist uh, minute number two. Oh, I'm sorry. This was a ridicule clip. I'm sorry. I played the wrong one. Uh, yeah, I clicked the wrong one. My fault. Here we go. Cities like Rochester, New York, uh-huh. close to the, uh, the Canadian border. We have ice officials. Is the same same girls are still there? Yeah, the same girls. This is a new story about how you know how cool it is that ICE uh, immigrations, yeah, customs what enforcement group is up there just shaking down people on the Canadian border. Why bother with Arizona? Yes, we don't and- want them damn Canadians hanging out here. And so this is a, another fascist uh, moment on the O'Reilly Show, and I find it to be distressing. Going on trains and doing what? Yeah, border officials within their rights going on to trains. You see the video here, and they are conducting sweeps. They are asking... Within their rights? Aren't they just supposed to stand at the border and say, papers, please? They, they can go I, I, on trains? Is that within their she rights? She put that little side thing in within their rights. Within within their rights. I don't know what that means. Huh, let's keep listening people questions this is voluntary and consensual and within their rights to do so okay, so let's, let's, let's stop so you, you you get on a train in syracuse new york and you're going someplace and it stops and these ice guys come on and and they do what what do they do they can go up to you and say hi papers, sir papers. would you like to show us some identification and you say, no, i'm reading my magazine get out of here and they i don't want to talk to you you don't have to talk to them but if people are talking to them and you don't have the paperwork then they're able to take you in and they've taken in 2007 788 passengers from wait a minute it, this doesn't make any sense you can't do that you can't do that you- they're within their rights they're within their rights papers please or some Auschwitz bitte this is exactly what the Germans were. in every single World War II movie you see the, the, the Nazis get on the train and there's always the Jew hiding in the bathroom 
you know, getting all sweaty and shit because they got the fake papers. This is this is this is not. I, pfft, can't believe I can't believe I'm living here. Ugh. October 2005 through last September. So there are people. That so are they're asking people near the Canadian border who are on trains, mm-hmm. okay, to show them ID that they're here legally in the United States. Right. That's what they're doing. Right. But you don't have to wheel. You don't have to right. cooperate. Absolutely. Right. But, but if you don't cooperate, what happens? Come to on, you? you're on a you're on a bus or a train, and a, a, a border patrol agent. I work with these guys. They're great guys. Oh, they're great guys. Listen, shut up, slave. Come on. I mean, what you got something to hide? You got something to hide? Ha 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 ha! Border Patrol agent comes yeah, on, and you say get lost. A gun. I'm not going to say get lost. You're not because you're a little bo peep. But some <laughs> guy here who's not, he doesn't have papers, and I shouldn't be here. He may say, "Look, I don't want to cooperate." What happens? Nothing. They if, can't. They can't make an arrest then. Okay, you. But have they can to, follow you has, home. They can right? follow you home. It has to be they a consensual. Right. They can call their guys and say, Absolutely. "Look, I got this guy. He's not cooperating. When he gets off, him. pull the record. Follow him. As long as it's within 100 miles of the border. Right, 100 miles of the border. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, what's oh. the difference between this and the Arizona law? Federal versus state. The, the difference is... The feds are doing this. You must and remain they're... in your houses until your bracelets are scanned. Unbelievable. So their rights are apparently within 100 miles of the border. Yeah, which is quite a distance. Since when did that happen? I don't know. We have the up in the Port Angeles area, we have a bunch of these guys. They really have not, haven't got anything to do, so they're cooperating. As you pointed out a few shows ago, cooperating with the local authorities is just adding more police to the area um, when there's really no reason for it. It's just a waste of the taxpayers' money, but at the same time, these guys have to have some justification, so they're just harassing people. And the fact that O'Reilly and then the Fox folks and these two women who are up. Hello? Uh. the constitutionality and some of the issues of individualism and freedom and they they defend them that this is a great thing and here's what is going to happen and you should have your papers to make sure that nobody thinks that you're you know snuck in illegally it's beyond it's unbelievable it's abhorrent it certainly is it's just it you know so i um I have a, a Dutch driver's license, so I had to get uh, my papers here in California. So I go to Department of Motor Vehicles, and I say, you know, I got my Dutch international driver's license. Shut up, slave. What? Shut up. Shut up, slave. You're G379er. Shut up. Sit over there. I got to take the written test and the road test. Yeah. And it's uh, kind of uh, disconcerting that they uh, take your thumbprint now. So they've got. Oh, my, they've always, they've taken your thumbprint. Uh, yeah, since well, I they got my kid. biometrics now. So, so I'm 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 on file. I passed, by the way. So if you, uh, I passed the written. I got to take the. Uh, hey, I thought that when you had a provision, like you had your learner's permit or whatever, I have. No, I thought you could drive, but you can only drive with someone who's 18. You can't drive alone. If you're a kid. No, no, no. Uh, the the license that I have, which is the written, says you know it's a provisional. Permit, but you can't drive alone. You have to have someone else in the car with you. I, thought, I, I don't know. I, that sounds like a learner's permit. I guess that's what I. Have. I, I guess that's what I have. You have a learner's permit at your age. I, well, I'm, I, uh, the, uh, my license is no good. My papers do not are not in order. Well, you haven't taken the test yet. That's why your papers are not in order. No, I've taken the written test. So now I have to take the, the road test. test. Meaning, if you, if you have to take the other test, you're not going to get a license until you do it. Right. No, I understand that. My, of course, now they t- everyone that takes a test now says they don't even leave the parking lot. Your, your paper's not in order. Sorry. 
When I was a kid, you had to go out into the streets and drive around. No, no, they, you had, they, they're driving off the lot here. I saw them. Oh, okay. Well, I have to... Let me give you the one tip that they, they try to catch you on, and they'll funk you immediately. <sighs> Ready? Yeah. It's just the one tip. This is the only one you need. When you take a right turn in California, yeah. you better land in the far right lane. Yeah, you, you can even veer out an inch into the, the next lane over, you will, they'll flunk you on the spot. So I learned something because, of course, before, you know, I, I read the booklet uh, before going in, just in the car, just read through the booklet and figured out. I get most of them right. Uh, by the way, uh, looking at the ones I got wrong, if you're a kid at a school crossing and I'm in the neighborhood, you're screwed because I'm driving over you. Um, but it is illegal in the state of California to smoke in a car with a minor. Says it, says it right there in the booklet. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, it is illegal to smoke in a vehicle with a minor on board. That is huh. uh, illegal. I thought that was only in Gitmo Nation East. Well, you know, the thing is, I wonder whether, well, a lot of these laws begin in California. I wonder if they even, uh, if they've ever given a ticket out for that. Well, you know that if you flick a cigarette or even a gum wrapper, an aspartame wrapper, if you flick it out the window, do you know what the fine is in California? I think it's. 250 bucks or something? Uh, 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 up to $1,000. Oh, and, good. And you have to pick up trash for six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Mickey yeah. keeps saying, don't, don't, don't flick your ash out. Said, it's just ash. So don't flick it. You know, we're on sunset. Said, uh, don't throw that out. Uh, if they catch you. you and, I, and so I look it up, and, and it's actually it's in the book, too. You, throw tri- it's, you have to learn that as a part of your slavery license. If you throw a gum wrapper out, which I don't do, by the way. I don't like littering. It's, it can be up to $1,000. Hmm. Speaking of such, John, how about this? I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah. No Agenda in the morning. So we have a model very similar to our uh, national treasure. Our national treasure. PBS or NPR, and uh, they, of course, are completely listener-supported. Don't take advertising of any kind, although just on this very program, uh, we uh, reloaded their audio player five times in a row and got five different ads for all kinds of huge companies. Out-and-out ads. Complete ads. I mean, yeah, you can say support provided by, but it's an ad because they actually have a tagline telling you about their great product. It's not just by Chase, it's by, by the Chase, the new blue card, which gives you all kinds of high interest rates. You know, whatever it is, they're ads. It's advertising, complete advertising. And so now and they've these, admitted it. Yeah, it, yeah. why don't we just do this one more time? This is the president, it's a question and answer session with the president of NPR. She's asked a question about the finances, of course. Uh, uh, you would expect uh, them to be in a really deep hole because of uh, contributions, uh, now that we're in a financial crisis. But it gets worse because, uh, what is that stuff called? I think advertising is down. Okay, moving on to money. How are NPR's corporate underwriting revenues holding up in the recession? And what about foundation grants? Um, two different stories. Um, underwriting is uh, corp- uh, underwriting is is down. It's down for everybody. I mean, this is this is the this is the area that is most down for us. Is is in is in sponsorship, underwriting, advertising. Call it whatever you want. Yeah, call it whatever you want. Well, NPR uh, announced recently. Sorry. I uh, I uh, jumped the gun on it. Set it up. Yeah, well, here we some one of our listeners uh, with an interesting comment. By the way, 
Uh, in fact, uh, let me bring up that uh, that email, which which had the. Uh, oh, anyway, one of our listeners sent us this clip, which was a uh, Harry Shearer apparently showed up on Democracy Now. now, now. Let's talk about Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer is. Uh, he was in, uh, and I think he also produced uh, Spinal Tap, did he not? Yeah, he's one of the guys in Spinal Tap. I'm not sure he was a producer or not, but he might have been. Yeah, by the way, his website has been down all morning, uh, not able to get to harryshearer.com. Unfortunately, because uh, he actually, I think he put the uh, the film in question up uh, or the episode up online. But no, of course, it's be. down. Well, they anyway, they so- pulled the plug on him. So Aaron Spear sends us this clip, which is a great clip, and let me read it to you. Harry Scherr was on Democracy Now! earlier in the week to discuss a new documentary, The Big Uneasy, where he slipped in a little jab at NPR and how they are funded. Of course, the host, filling in for Amy Goodman, uh, just asks the next, next question on her list and just doesn't pay any attention to anything he says. So, all right, can I just set this up a little bit more? It is a fact that in uh, Louisiana... There is now a law where you are on on media, on public airwaves, licensed to media companies, you are not allowed to say the Hurricane Katrina disaster because it is. And there was a lawsuit about this. And the and the court ruled in favor of people who said this is it was not Hurricane Katrina. It was the levees that failed. And uh, and media is not allowed to even say the the Katrina disaster, which of course was so abhorrent, where we had CNN and, and NBC and M- everyone was you know the five year Katrina disaster, which breaks all of these rules. Okay, so now let's listen to this Democracy Now fine upstanding organization with the Harry Shearer. Well, NPR uh, announced recently that they're no longer National Public Radio; that the initials stand for NPR. Uh, I, after I found out that they were not going to uh, do a story about this film on either All Things Considered or Morning Edition, I decided to buy some time, you know, those enhanced underwriting announcements at the end of each half hour. And NPR Legal told me this language was unacceptable. Quote, documentary about why New Orleans flooded. The only language that they found acceptable was documentary about New Orleans and Hurricane Katrina. And when I told them it's not about a hurricane, uh, that was the end of this conversation. And your film is showing across the country tonight. Oh, just let, just let, me, let me skip that for a second because that's not on point here. Your film it's is showing. It's not on my list. So two things in this. One, he's making a legal point. And, and NPR is clearly, clearly instructed by the Ministry of Truth. Uh, to not have... Why do you think Treme is off the air? Remember that HBO series? It was a bad series, first of all. But, you well, know, that's probably the real reason. Yeah, but it was a, a, whole, a whole bunch of actors who really know the whole story, including John Goodman, who I hold in high regard, and they were literally saying, you know, this was the levees, it was not Katrina, and the show is gone. Uh, it's just it's uh, gone forever. And so that's point one in this clip, that he, that NPR is not allowed to... Uh, is not allowing him to buy airtime to say that. And the second thing is, he's buying airtime. Yeah, right. That's the kind of the unwritten me- or the kind of the hidden messages that he can did that he can actually do this. Not the fact that he didn't wasn't allowed to do it, but he could have if he had said Katrina. Just buying airtime. So we are a listener supported show in a true sense of the word. A, our listeners are our producers. They get credits for it and appropriate credits 
They send us these stories like this one, produce the show. We're just conduits. And, yeah, we and, get a lot of tips, and we have everybody yeah, you know, we, kind of on the yeah, same. We're uh, aggregators, and we when we we record clips, and uh, we watch a lot of C-SPAN, so you don't have to. But yeah, we are actually funded by the people that listen to the show, and we uh, use it to pay bills, not to get big offices. Right. In fact, we have no offices. No, I'm living in my office. You? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of living in the squalid office. Uh, uh, let's thank a few people this week who gave uh, more than $50, which is Terry Heyman of Baytown, Texas, 187.27. Uh, Anders Omel from Greve, Denmark. I'm sure Omel could be pronounced better. Probably. $75, uh, but we're happy to hear from people in Denmark. Ed Chavez, New York City, 6610, and he says he's sorry he's late, and his is the two rocks on the dime, like to plug his new book, Nintendo Magic. Winning the War- Video winning Game the video Wars. Mm, yeah, nice. It's probably pretty good. I, I will get a copy of that. Uh, Peter Nysink. Nysink. In Shedom. Shedom. She dumb. She dumb. She dumb. No, try it again. She dumb. She dumb. <laughs> That's a ringtone. <laughs> Sixty. She dumb. Yeah. Jason Fenwick, Arlington, Virginia. Hey, 50, my my birthplace. Fifty six. Uh, go figure. Fifty six seventy six. I was born in, in Arlington Hospital. Yeah, that's nice. You should move back there. Uh, Anthony Everett, you probably really get some Gitmo stuff. Yeah, Anthony really. Everett, Tea Gardens, New South Wales, Australia, double nickels on the dime. And he says uh, Dvorak's up to his old trick of getting his name wrong to get a second donation. Worked again. It's Anthony. What did I say last time? I don't know, man. No one gets it right. You've just made my list. Anthony, maybe? Well, he's got is Anthony. Well, maybe no. It's Anthony. I don't Anthony. know what you said. I don't remember but that ever. stuff. I don't remember. Maybe he'll give us another donation if I'm still wrong. Gerald Small, Chesterfield, Missouri, uh, and Kyle uh, Coke, Westchester, Ohio. Hey, hold he, on a second. We have to we have to stop here for a moment because you you both of us were saying if only we could get a donation from the Coke family, and there it is, Kyle Coke. Yeah, but it's not the. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's I not the right one. Same guy, he, he, Westchester, Ohio. Wait a minute. He has so. a note. He, he sent us a note. You have it? Yeah, I have it. Uh, I mailed John. A, he just donated fifty dollars, primarily uh, because of all the time you spent informing people of the correct way to pronounce my last name. I mailed John a set of three Coke fractal coasters made from yes. laser cut cork. They should be arriving at your location today. Did you receive them? Yeah. They're based off a mathematical fractal curve originally discovered by Swedish mathematician Helge von Koch. Another Koch. I don't They're know. all over the place. Yeah, it's a Koch cabal, I tell you. If you could please mention the coasters and a special page will be available to purchase them by the Sunday show. Until then, they can be seen at bit.ly bit slash fractal coasters. So, uh, and also, did, did, did he send you the scan doc? I didn't see a scan, Doc. That's that wooden thing where you put, like, the iPhone on top of it? He said that you he sent two, and you should have sent one to me. Well, well I'll have to go back and look and see what we're talking about. I don't have an iPhone, so I don't you know what you... You should consider getting one. Why? 
I would consider getting one if it wasn't uh, hooked up to AT&T, one of the most, uh, one of the worst companies in the world. I refuse to do business with them. Okay. Well, when it's out on Verizon, you, sure you realize that we had we spent about two and a half to three years trying to not have long distance service through AT and T. And every turn of events, they would all they would turn it on automatically. They were slamming us and slamming us and slamming us, and we could not get them to stop. They finally found some way to stop after years. I'm telling you, years of fighting with them. Why am I going to do business with these douchebags? Wow, I didn't know you were that upset. Although I will say that. They send me a letter every month because, you know, we lived in San Francisco and I had uh, the DSL account there. And so close that down. And every month they send me a letter with a $40.50 credit. And I have no way to get my credit unless I sign up with AT&T. <laughs> so why don't you send me a check? You're, sp- you're spending all this energy on sending me a-, a letter that tells me I have credit, but I can't get my credit back. Why can't you put your credit on, on your AT&T other phone? I don't have AT&T. Oh, you mean uh, uh- the mobile phone? You can't do that. No, no. Shut up, slave. Uh, Jerry from Ottawa. Uh, By the way. Yes. By the way. (laughs) By the Yes. How come it's pronounced Koch, Ed Koch? He was the mayor of New New York. York. Yeah, but it's not Coke. I don't know. So there's two pronunciations of this word. Yes. The name. I, I, I really have no idea. Now, now, you, now, you don't have Jerry from Ottawa on the list? Because that's kind of weird, because I do have a note from him. Uh, I don't have Jerry from Ottawa. I've got uh, M. Kerr Stinson, uh, who has a birthday call out. You have that, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that in a minute, yeah. No, uh, 50, no, we don't have that. We don't have that on the list. Fort Francis, Ontario. That's weird. I think we already did that one. What, the Chris Advent from... I think so. Happy birthday, Chris Advent from Kerry. I think so. How come it's not on my list? Ah, this will all come up in the meeting. Uh, apparently. Well, I have I have Jerry from Ottawa, and he says he finally took time to, to make a double nickels on the dime donation. Maybe maybe this is... Well, I, I'll just err on the side of that he sent it in. Uh, I've been freeloading for too long to make a payment. Uh, quick note for Adam. I was in Ottawa during the earthquake this summer. I had two immediate thoughts. First was, I wonder if my family is okay. Second one, Curry is going to have a field day with this one. Yeah, that's true. That, of course, was when the Chinese uh, premier was in Ottawa. That's when they flipped it on just to mess with the guy's head. Just, <laughs> just, just so you know, brother, that's we're watching you. We're day. watching you. All right. We do have a couple of uh, knighthoods here. We have a... Um, well, let's do the first one here. This is uh, from Matthew Greensmith, one of our executive producers today. So, um, Matthew Greensmith, please step forward. John, do you have your uh, sword at the ready? Ooh, here yeah. it comes. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, let me just uh, grab mine here. Matthew Greensmith, for your total donations in the amount of a minimum of $1,000, you have achieved the status of Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please kneel, slave! As we now solemnly knight thee, Sir Matthew Greensmith, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please step forward, Knight Michael Greensmith, Matthew Greensmith. Join the roundtable. Enjoy your hookers and blow. And your ring will be here any minute now, after the meeting. Uh, Eric points out that we did the, uh, that, the missing birthday that you have the letter from last week. Oh, so we did do it last week. Because I pulled it off the uh, 
because it because the date was was right. hitting it. So we already uh, did it. We already. So did I it. pulled it. Yeah. Okay. So we just still have the other one, and uh, we also have a. Well, go on. Well, we, well, we have another. We have a, another uh, knighthood, or should I say, a, a daming. A daming. A daming. <laughs> Jess Walters. Wife of Sir Troy Walters, please step forward as John draws his sword, and I also get mine out here. Thanks to another donation from Sir Troy of Geek Aloud Podcast, we are proud to pronounce thee Dame Jest Walters, Dame of the No Agenda Roundtable. Enjoy your Cabernet and Red Boys. <laughs> so... I think that's our third or fourth husband and wife combination in the nights. And she'll also get a ring in the dame format. Yeah. Because we're going to have different sizes. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to wear my own uh, ring. It's, it's going to be awesome. And, and they look beautiful. They've got, uh, what is it, in orum slickalicum lipsum, which is uh, hit people in the mouth in Latin. Uh, and it's all reverse script. It's all mirrored. Yeah, it's, it's a signet ring. Signet ring, so you can uh, you can actually put it into wax, but more fun if you hit someone in the mouth, and then you kind of see that uh, impression there, which uh, could last a little bit. Even better if you heat it up. If you heat the ring up, then you can like brand someone with it. And it has number three on there. It's got uh, ITM for in the morning. It says no agenda, um, and it's uh, made of reared and steel. So we have two birthdays actually. Okay, let us uh, hit that then for a moment. It's your birthday, birthday, on no agenda. Hit it. Uh, we'd like to wish a happy birthday to Chris, or from Chris Advent, or to Chris Advent. Advent. I don't know, it's hard to tell from this. <laughs> who's, who's, who's this birthday for, Chris Advent? It's for or Chris. Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, let's get into that. Stop, stop the message. So, Eric, which is this for? <laughs> we had, you know, the problem, we, you know, there's a huge lag on this, uh, on the chat room. They, they're, they're behind us about 10 seconds. Yeah, but uh, Eric's in, I got Eric in, uh, in the, in this, in the secret chat room. Okay, here it is. I'll just go back to the spreadsheet. Say happy birthday to Chris Advent from Cary. Okay, there we go. Good. Glad you got it out. Next. Okay, and we have another birthday a call out from Paul Couture, wishing a happy birthday to Adam Curry. Oh, that's right! Tomorrow I turn forty-six slave years old. Happy birthday to me! It's your birthday, yeah. Yeah, and if you want to send me a gift, <laughs> then uh, go to dvorak.org/na and uh, show your love and support for the show. Because uh, we, and on there you also see the new listings for the forty-two dollar deals. There's three of them. Oh, right. This is for the ten, 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 which is binary for forty-two, as you all know, according to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Forty-two is the um, answer, answer to, all, to questions all questions in the universe and everything uh, beyond. That's right. And uh, so it'll bring you mega karma. Slash Annie, you can see those. So you want to get because we're gonna as we move toward ten, 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 which is a once in a lifetime moment in it history is yeah we're going to yeah. try to pump up a uh, kind of a, a, a mega karma super karma and we're going to get a donations uh hurricane <laughs> a 
tsunami, uh, a tsunami, a tsunami of cash. Of, of, of cash. <laughs> a tsunami of cash. Well, it would be uh, highly appreciated because uh, it's a new month and uh, I'm unemployed. Second month yeah. of official unemployment. So, so uh, anyway, anyway, happy birthday to Chris Advent from yeah, uh, Kerry yeah. and, uh, and, and to Adam Curry. From Paul. Former Soviet <laughs> spy. Yes, <laughs> from, from Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I, I've, I've actually spoken to uh, Sir Paul on uh, Skype. He's a great guy. He's uh, yeah, must be and, you know, the guy like he's he's given up a lot of his life to support this show. And it's it, you, you just got to really appreciate it. And by the way, you can go to channeldvorak dot com dot slash N.A. for follow up for if you can't get to the regular uh, donation site. And also there's a link from uh, our main website, no agenda dot com, which you should check out. So um, weird news. Uh, from Gitmo Nation Lowlands, this is, uh, and I, I could put it under uh, Trains Good, Planes Bad, but I, I put it under False Flag. I think that's a, a better place for it. As two Yemenis uh, arrived at Amsterdam Schiphol Airport on a flight from the U.S. are being held there on suspicion of conspiracy, or as the Dutch say, conspiracy, to commit a terrorist act. So they uh, were detained at Schiphol Airport Monday. After the bags they checked into, they checked in, um, went on a different flight. <laughs> this tells you something about the airlines. It's like so basically their bags got lost, but their bags uh, contained a medicine bottle. I think it was Pepto-Bismol uh, with a mobile phone strapped to it. <laughs> now, now, I just like, <laughs> I have a couple of problems. First of all. Like, like, what, you're going to send a text message to your mobile phone at 40,000 feet? And it's going to, I mean, who believes that story? And it's going to blow up the Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> and they had knives and watches in their luggage. Ooh, knives and watches. Watches? Yes, speculation. The two men might have been conducting a dry run for a potential attack. And they were on their way to Yemen. What I have here for you is uh, the Dutch officials. Gitmo Nation Lowlands. The uh, the slaves are rolled out to uh, read a statement. Let's listen in. This Monday morning, two men were arrested by the border police. They had arrived on the flight from Chicago, which had landed on 9.15 on airport Schiphol, Amsterdam. The arrest took place on the basis of information provided by the U.S. authorities. The two men have the German nationality. They were supposed to be traveling on to Sana in Yemen. The luggage of the men had ended up on an internal flight to Washington. He, he's not even, re- he's reading a, a, a news story. I mean, do you hear how it's like, yeah, the it luggage sort of, of the men? Yeah, like it's written like a news story and he's yeah, reading. It's, it's like, you know, I guess he pulled the wrong feed. He pulled the, the, uh, the AP story instead of the internal governmental memo. In this luggage... Mobile phones were found taped. One phone was taped to a plastic bottle. <laughs> Listen to that. That's like he stumbles over that in a very interesting way. Mobile phones were taped. Mobile phones were taped. Uh, taped to a plastic bottle. Yes. Very, very dangerous in the Dutch country of lowlands where we have no government. We must not uh, allow this shit to happen, yes? Phone was taped to a plastic bottle. These phones were seized in the U.S. and stayed there. The luggage on the flight to Amsterdam was searched, but nothing suspicious was found. So, we take the slaves anyway because uh, American authorities tell us to do so, yes? Let me read on. 
The men are held in custody on suspicion of a conspiracy to a terrorist criminal act. Oh yes, I forgot to say conspiracy. In a few days it will be made public if they will be charged. They are being held but not charged. In a few days we will decide if we charge them. So we uh, just hold people who are innocent. Slave. There's consultation with the US authorities about the progress of the investigation. More information cannot be given out at the moment. <laughs> so, um, so something is, is going on because now we have uh, U.S. Uh, agents at Wasi Airport in uh, Gitmo Nation uh, Stinky Cheese. <laughs> Gitmo Nation Spink- Stinky Cheese in uh, La France. They're literally at the airport and although they have no authority to arrest anybody... According to Le Monde, uh, they are there to uh, interrogate uh, slaves on their way to uh, the United States. So I'm thinking something's up, something's got to happen. And uh, there was even, uh, let me see, there was a uh, another weird occurrence. And of course now, here we go. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, Yemenis on U.S. flight held over. Let me see if this is the one. No, that's not the one. There was there was another. Uh, crap! Now I can't find it. Ah, shoot! Somewhere it's in here. Like nine people were detained. Um, at a U.S. airport because they were talking about something. It's just crazy. It's like false flag alert is what I say. Something's coming up. Something is happening. Yeah, I hear you, Miss Mickey. I know. M- M- Mickey's in the car. She thought I did the accent pretty well up the Dutch. Yeah, well, actually, even Eric mentioned that you sound... You could also use that accent for a South African. Um, that's a little different, South African. It's, uh, it sounds it's pretty close. A little more challenging. Um, but uh, here's, here's something that, uh, that just kind of popped up about a guy named Kurt Sonnenfeld. Have you ever heard of him? Uh No. Kurt Sonnenfeld was a government employee. He was a FEMA cinematographer, a videographer. And uh, I think we may have talked about this guy. I don't know if it was uh, in the realm of the No Agenda uh, era. Uh, he's from Colorado, which should tip you off right there. He, um, he, was, on, he was at Ground Zero uh, at, on 9-11, and he was a, he's a contract employee for FEMA. And he uh, videotapes stuff really close up. And he has, I think, he's claiming he has 22 hours of videotape. And he says that, uh, you know, this videotape, it shows that um, 9-11 was an inside job. Now, this guy's wife, Nancy, uh, got two to the head in 2002 at their home in Lodo, Colorado. Um, Shot behind her left ear, gun in the left hand. And, of course, the guy is being blamed. They're saying that he killed her. And he ran away to Argentina um, and in the, the past uh, eight years has remarried. And now they're trying to extradite the guy because, of course, he's uh, threatening to go public with his, uh, his videotape. So here's a uh, I think This is Russia Today. Argentina is rallying support for a September 11 cameraman facing extradition to the United States. Kurt Sonnenfeld, an American who was granted provisory refugee status seven years ago, is wanted by the U.S. government on murder charges. 
Sonnenfeld is the only cameraman that filmed the crucial images of Ground Zero in New York after the Twin Towers collapsed. He still has the 22-hour footage that the U.S. authorities want. I have promised to give my footage to the to the to the big investigators, the the credible and and, and widely known investigators, who who will be able to to uh, detect anomalies uh, that that I or or other uh, people without scientific education might miss. Uh, with that in mind, I hope that there are many things that they can discover that, that disprove the, the current uh, uh, official story of what happened. Sonnenfeld, who lives in Buenos Aires with his Argentine family, says the footage proves that 9-11 was a lie. He says he now fears for his life if he is sent back to the United States to no, face no trial. No kidding. The Denver police say they have overwhelming evidence that proves he killed his first wife in the U.S. He is a fugitive from the law. He is a fugitive from the Denver Police Department. We're looking for him. A number of social organizations say the Denver police are lying and that Argentina should grant refugee status to Sonnenfeld. We are asking the government to give refugee status to Kurt and stop his extradition to the U.S. We will stop his extradition and ensure that he will get refugee status in Argentina. The Sonnenfelds say they are under police surveillance and that their phone has been tapped. Uh, they try to step on Argentinian sovereignty several, several times. Is completely... Uh, this, by the way, is his, uh, his new wife, who I have to say is smoking hot. <laughs> Doesn't bode well for the whole story, unfortunately. Unfair. My husband is a wonderful person, is a wonderful father, and uh, he doesn't deserve this just because he was working for his government. Sonnenfeld claims his videotapes prove top U.S. government officials had prior knowledge of the 2001 terrorist attacks. For the same reason, he says, he is the victim of a U.S. plot to silence his 9-11 conspiracy theory. Sonnenfeld's fate now rests in the hands of the Argentine justice system. With no decision date set, it's going to be an anxious wait for the family. Melissa Abelo, Press TV, Buenos Aires. So, uh, good on you, Gitmo Nation polo horse meat. I'm uh, I'm very uh, pleased about that. Although uh, I mean, so it sounds like a typical setup. The guy's got the tapes. Uh, his wife is freaking out about it, uh, and with good good reason because they come in, they kill her, blame it on him. He runs away to Argentina. Of course, now what the guy has to do is just release the tapes, just yeah, digitize put them. On YouTube. Them, put them on YouTube. The get them out there. That's what has to happen. WTC seven won't go away. <laughs> what was that? Was that was that the uh, the ten thirty six? Yeah, it's subliminal. I'm telling you that you know I play the WTC seven jingle, they blow the train whistle. No, I, I mean, well, you know that that just means that they they're, they're tired of waiting. If we don't do it now, they're going to turn us off. Ready? All <laughs> aboard! All aboard! Trains good, planes bad. A lot of trains, good planes, bad news uh, this week. And I, you know what? I'm just going to say it, John. Uh, Hill and Knowlton has won. They don't have to do any more work at all because people are just convinced. It's already in the mindset. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it doesn't no, matter who our, you talk to. Little, by the way, this is why we need more funding for our show, people. Because, you know, this is we have to fight a little better battle than we fought. This is, didn't, we, we got nowhere. 
No, because we identified it, we called it, uh, Sir Jeff Smith made jingles so that people can laugh about it and can propagate it and tell people what's really going on. And we're just on the losing end of the stick here. Because even, totally. So there's this uh, Zappos. And what did we expect? Yeah, well, so this is Zappos, you know, Zappos, the shoes. Yeah. So uh, one of our uh, human resources sent us this uh, Zappos ad. And uh, hello, Raphael. Look at look at you. You've got good taste. One new style from Dunham has just gotten off the new style express train. Okay, so there isn't really a train, but there should be. Chugga, chugga, chugga. Woo, woo. Here's the deal. I'm, I'm reading verbatim from this ad for these shoes. One, a lot of people get these emails. Two, trains are super cool. Three, if the product sells out before you get it, get to buy it. Four, then you can sign up to be notified again. Five, people should travel by train more often. <laughs> I mean, it's a pair of freaking shoes, and they're promoting and they're promoting the uh, the, the trains. We've lost. We've. I mean, I don't know if we can if we can come back from the and break. By the way. Just to, if you want to do a little callback here, I want everyone to re- remember that it's a lot easier for the ICE officials to look, get on and off the train here and there and check for papers. Can't do it. Oh, much, much easier to come and check your papers, please. So Can't uh, really do it at 35,000 feet. Okay, so here's a couple of things, and I'll just run through these because it's, it's, it's just it's killing me here. So first of all, regarding the... Um, Flight in, uh, uh, onboard flight entertainment system that automatically announces you're going to die in a in the ocean that was triggered uh, automatically on the Japan Airlines uh, flight. So I've got uh, a note from one of our producers. Uh, I can't mention him by name because uh, he works in the business uh, uh, doing these uh, types of systems, and there's not a lot of people there. But he says there are indeed a number of these automatic announcements. We have the basics: turbulence. Severe weather ahead, fasten seatbelts, no smoking. Um, but indeed, uh, they have uh, multiple disaster announcements, including diversion due to six, sick passenger. And they're in uh, six languages, in case you didn't know. So these, uh, these do exist. But then we have this Qantas 747 that blows out an engine after takeoff from... Uh, from San Francisco uh, slave headquarters, hey, but there's no automatic announcement. No, the, the, the pilot comes on and says the following. Bright flaring is known as engine surge. Well, while the passengers were understandably concerned, the Qantas skipper remained reassuringly calm. It's probably impossible to hear, but the, 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 the captain comes on, the intercoms. There's no automatic thing. It's a 747. There's, there's, there's nothing that's saying, you know, we're, no, du- we're dumping have fuel. A, a tape for when engine blew up. Yeah, they had for sick passenger, they've got one, but not for we're dumping fuel, we're turning back. Don't worry. And so the, the captain comes on and he says, <coughs> no worries, mate. We're trained on this, on simulators only, but it should be okay. I, <laughs> but wait, but wait, there's more, John. But wait, there's more because USA Today literally has an article one day before this event that says simulator training flaws tied to airline, airplane crashes. Flaws in flight simulator training helped trigger some of the worst airline accidents in the past decade, according to USA Today analysis of federal accident reports. Because USA Today, they're all 
pilots, and they know it so well. They've analyzed the federal accident records. More than half of the 522 fatalities in the U.S. airline accidents in 2000 have been linked to problems with simulators. This is the this is the biggest piece of horse shit I have ever read, Alan Levin. Let me check Alan Levin. What else has Alan Levin written? Oh, he is the uh, the train shill. Oh, Jesus. Look, look at his. Uh, American Airlines tilts a record $24 million fine. Medevac industry opposing upgrades. Passenger survival was miracle. Senator Stevens' plane slammed into mountain. Plans emergency beacon failed. No, this guy is a total shill. Just like Ashley Halsey who writes the following story for the Washington Post. This is, these guys are actually on the Hill and Knowlton payroll. I'm just going to call them out. Onboard systems intended to keep airliners from colliding in midair have been triggered more than 45 times a year because, as the article reads, mistakes rise for Washington's region's air traffic controllers. Oh, now it's the air traffic controllers who are, are putting planes into dangerous proximity. It's this whole article about, oh, they turned the plane into the potentially deadly, deadly turbulent wake of the United 757. Yeah, if you're in a Cessna, you bonehead. You can, you, can, wake. you can go through a turbulent. It, it, it bumps, and it, it, the passengers may not like it, but you're not going to flip upside down. I mean, this no, is, I went through a way. I went through the wake of a of a B one bomber. Yeah, it's bumpy. Well, it's more than bumpy, but it's you know it doesn't you can go kill you. That, you can go through anything. It's not potentially dead, deadly turbulent wake. So I look into Ashley Halsey, who is a cyclist, triathlete, and road warrior, according to his own blog. But there's tons of uh, articles on uh, on the interwebs here. An open letter to Ashley Halsey III and the Washington Post editorial staff uh, calling him out as a douchebag. Uh, Ashley the, Halsey III, how the drug czar uses lazy reporters to push through the agenda. Total shill. Total shill. On the payroll. You cyclist, triathlete, and road warrior, you. Let's pull in a couple more. Woman found dead on Delta flight. That's right. <laughs> Delta Airlines says a passenger was found dead aboard a flight from Lagos, Nigeria to Atlanta. Susan Elliott, spokeswoman for the airline, is working with medical authorities to determine the facts in the case. Elliott says the passenger was found unresponsive early Monday aboard Delta flight 53. Gee, she died and they didn't even notice it. Yeah, well, that's typical of the airlines. They're careless. I think we should close the segment. You sure? Yeah. You don't want the jihadists plotting to use released prison inmates working on rail lines for attacks? <laughs> They're going to blow up rail lines? Yeah, of course they will. All aboard! Train's good, plane's bad. And make sure you read all the links in the uh, section there in the show notes, which is worth your $5 donation a month. Yeah, I've tried to get. We need more subscribers, by the way. Please help us out. Dvorak.org slash NA. Hey, uh, you know, I, I, I you, this is a futile effort. The uh, trains, uh, planes thing. But as you say, we've lost the battle. <laughs> we've, I think we have. So what? You, we we keep, we're probably. I think we should only go if you have some. You know, unless if, they, if we have they, a shot. If we have a shot at changing the world, you mean? Well, no, I'm just thinking, unless there's something really, you know, more than just these, these, these are just, a, you know, what they've done here is they've, it's like, um, landmines. 
They've just placed them everywhere. Little bombs all over the place. But it's worse than that because now it's into the human psyche. You know, I, I, well, I, I defy you. It's already Go, done. Tonight, every single listener to this program, or this afternoon, whenever, this weekend, you just talk to someone and say, hey, you know, what do you think about, uh, what would you rather uh, do? Would you rather fly in a plane or would you rather uh, take the train? Everyone, it's, it's, in, it's in, the, in the psyche. It's like, oh, yeah, train's great. Yeah, trains rock, man. They're really great. And we're going to high speed rail. It's going to be so fantastic because they've been programmed. Yeah. You, all, all the slaves are programmed. It's over. There's yeah, even like, th- yeah. there's even like you YouTube videos point. of kids yeah. like singing train, you know, plane sucks videos. Ah, it just makes me nuts. So to change the subject. I was going to do the same, but okay. I'll take your uh, subject. Well, I've got, first. A, I've got the, a, a promo for the uh, movie of 15 seconds. Ooh. For the movie Machete, Machete. Oh yes, this is now, going, this is I, going to spark. A, I just want to point this out to people when they start watching this. They've taken actually the theory that you like to promote. They've taken the drug companies' theories of, of now saying the bad things about the movie in ho- to get you to actually want to go to the movie. So instead of, I mean, just you'll you'll see it, but just play it. Okay. It's Machete. Trejo, Stephen Seagal, Michelle Rodriguez, with Jessica Alba and Robert De Niro. Showtime. Machete. R for strong bloody violence throughout language, some sexual <laughs> content, and nudity. Anal leakage may occur. <laughs> yeah, we Bloody know. violence throughout and nudity. Yeah. Well, you know, I need me some of that. Because in the olden days, they would use the, they wouldn't want to rated talk R. about. This. You just say rated R for for yeah, scenes whatever. that you know. No, we need one of those for our show. Rated R for strong bloody violence throughout language, some sexual content, and nudity. We need the same disclaimer on this show because people drunk, will, is was it drunk bloody violence? I don't, uh, I don't think so. Rated R for strong bloody violence throughout language, some sexual content, and nudity. No, strong bloody violence. Oh, strong bloody strong violence. Bl- strong bloody violence and nudity throughout. The movie, yay! <laughs> F-, F yeah, I'm go- I'm gonna go see that. So so th- th- a lot of people are saying this movie will actually spark racial riots. Oh right! Yeah, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Yeah, but- another meme to throw out there. Oh, it will. Let me go see it. <laughs> they should put that in the movie that will spark racial riots, bloody scenes throughout the movie, and nudity and anal leakage may occur. Perfect. You could actually do that guy's voiceover. I, I, you know, you can make like a thousand dollars a day. I, you know, now that uh, the what's the guy's name, the inner world guy, he's de- he's dead now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was a shame because he had, he had the, the voices. Pipes. Well, let me try. No agenda show. Wait, wait, I need the copy here. I need the copy. Uh, no agenda show. Strong bloody violence and nudity throughout the movie. Anal leakage may occur. See it now. I'm telling you, I can do this. I can do this. I think a little EQ would help. Yeah, well, of course. You know, these guys all got EQ. In a world. In a world where women wear comfortable shoes and are not lesbians, but are on O'Reilly talking crap about slaves, bloody violence may occur. And so I want to bring up a meme change, a societal meme change that I think has gone unnoticed. Okay. And uh, I, I, it triggered, I, the thought of it triggered with this NCIS LA clip, which is kind of meaningless to listen to, but I'll describe the situation for you as it, uh, after you play the clip. Okay, clip first. Yeah, play the clip first. They do not kill my men and get away with it. Oh, boy. You want to sit this one out? Fine. But we're taking Alex, my men. The my train. Sam, the train. Get ready. We're going hot. Pull back. Pull back now. Get to the van. Everybody, Pull back. Everybody, Pull back. Let's go. Let's go. Get in the water. Get in the water. Go. 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 Go.
right, you can kill it. So whatever happened in the clip, someone clearly didn't take the direction. Well, what happened was the local cops wanted to go in and kill these guys, but apparently there was nobody really in the van, and the and the NCIS Los Angeles team was somehow picked up on the fact that the thing was a setup, it was a bomb, and so they got into a big debate, and the NCIS guys ran for it, and the dumb locals, you know, got blow. They didn't get blown up, but they got they were in harm's way. And I realized that we've seen a shift, a huge society societal shift from cop shows that were always uh, locally centric and always had the feds as the boneheads that came in to screw things <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, they used to be flatfoots. You know, the Hill Street Blues <laughs> yeah, was that right, way. Law right. and Order was essentially, you know, they'd be, they'd be doing something, but then the feds would come in and say, no, nah, we have to, you have to let the guy over, go. We're to- taking over the investigation. We're going to screw it all up. And so the feds were always seen as the bumbling idiots mm-hmm. for show after show. Adam 12, Chips, Homicide, Adam Life on 12, the Street. One Adam so, 12. No. One Adam 12. The slew of these shows where the feds were always presented right. this way. This yeah. has completely reversed itself. For one thing, they dropped a Law & Order show. They've got a new one called Law & Order LA. NCIS, JAG, CIS, and NCIS LA has it just the opposite now. Now the feds are the great geniuses, yeah, and the right. locals are a bunch of bumbling boneheads that if it yeah. wasn't for the feds, that yeah, everybody would just get away yeah. with murder. That's right. And, and I'm sure you've noticed that uh, continual join the CIA ads are running everywhere. They, they just bought a new campaign. Have you seen these? They're on they're on network television now. Yeah, I've seen the CIA ads, but the fact of the matter is, we have we have seen somebody got you know a memo came out said, look, you're making you know we want to make the federal government the national government, not just right but cool. And we they have to be cool. They have to have the best equipment. They and they're smarter than the locals. And by the way, I used to work for a local enforcement agency, the Air Quality Management District, and. and in California, there's you have three jurisdictions over uh, pollution. You have the local guys who actually know what they're doing. Then you have the, you had the ARB, which has later become the California EPA, just because it sounds better, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which would used to be the Air Resources Board. They were pretty. They were okay, but pretty stupid. But the EPA people that would come out every so often on certain situations like the Naval Air Station, they didn't know anything. They were the complete bumbling boneheads that we've heard about in these older cop shows uh, where where the Fed would come in and screw things up, didn't know anything about the local anything. He was just he was dumb. And that's exactly the model that they don't want anymore. They want us to be convinced that the Fed's. You know, and all their wisdom are the smart ones, and the local cops who actually know the streets are the dumb ones. And this switcheroo took place about five years ago, and nobody really picked up on it. Well, we have. And, yeah. we're, and people who listen to this show will not be programmed. We're just not going to go on with the slavery program. We're just not going to do it. I, I do want to uh, read something to you, John, from Cornell University Law School, who uh, track the refreshing of the U.S. legal code. This is the, uh, the law of the land. Now, are you aware that every year they uh, they refresh the code and make sure that everything uh, that all you know that anything that has to be changed or I was not aware of this. Yes. So in February 2010, the U.S. code was refreshed, and I don't know if this was in it before. I haven't had time to do the research, but I do want to read to you Chapter Nine A of the U.S. Code. Chapter Nine A: Weather modification activities or attempts reporting requirement. Three thirty B under Chapter Nine A A. Records maintenance summaries publication. The secretary shall maintain a record of weather modification activities, including attempts 
which take place in the United States and shall publish summaries thereof from time to time as he determines. Uh, of course, that uh, unless it's uh, under the next subsection, which uh, says uh, you cannot report if it's uh, uh, if it's secret. Uh, so disclosure of confidential information prohibits here uh, pro- prohibition exceptions in carrying out the provision of this section. The secretary shall not disclose any information referred to in section 1905 title 18. And it's otherwise unavailable to the public, except that such information shall be disclosed one to other federal government departments, agencies, and officials for official use upon request Two in any judicial proceeding under court order formulated to preserve the confidentiality of such information without impairing the proceeding and three to the public, if necessary to protect their health and safety. Chemtrails. You got nothing to do with chemtrails. Weather modification. Uh, we have Weather Modification Inc. who are out there modifying the weather, and the secretary is uh, bound to keeping that secret. That's what this says in the U.S. Code. It's in the show notes. Noagendashow.com. That's all done. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, I know. Hey, I found another No Agenda Show, which I wanted to give some props. Uh, and it's called um, Underground Wellness. And uh, this is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a show that and they do a podcast. Or maybe it's, I'm sorry, it's Wellness Underground. I, had a, I think it's, yeah, Wellness Underground. They do a podcast and they do it on like talk show or something. It's, you know, it's, it's low budget, kind of like ours, except we've, you know, you and I just have all this radio gear hanging around. So it's easy for us to, to sound kind of good. But they're, you know, basically doing it on Skype-like stuff. And um, so the host of the show, very ent- entertaining guy, and this is, uh, it's about two minutes, this clip, but I just want you to listen to the whole thing. He interviews the director of Brzezinski the movie. Brzezinski, not as in Brzezinski, but Brzezinski, B-U-R-Z-Y-N-S-K-I. And this is um, about a Polish doctor who actually, um, yeah, undergroundwellness.com, that's what it is. Uh, who, through the use of, and you can help me with this, antineoplastins, which I think is a pretty common type thing. It's not like some... Are you familiar with anti, uh, anti-neo, antineoplastins, John? Nope. Uh, anyway, so it's just like a, a shot you get once a month uh, while you're under therapy that has put um, almost every single patient that he's treated into remission for brain cancer. And and so and this movie is great because it's the, it's a, basically about the FDA going after this guy, trying to stop him at every any way they can to stop him, because of course he's he's essentially got a cure for cancer, maybe only one form of cancer, but he hasn't been able to try it on people with bone cancer and lung cancer, and the guy has an incredible success rate, and this movie is about his fight against the FDA. And I want you to hear this little bit of, the, uh, of this interview from uh, undergroundwellness.com uh, where we have Eric Marola, who is talking about the FDA and how the system works, which, of course, is further explained in this movie. It is fascinating stuff. This is a great show if you want to listen to, uh, uh, to a, like a no agenda of health. Check it out. Up until 1992, there was always a lot of revolving door um, personnel going back and forth between pharma. The uh, you know, first of all, I mean, people I hope people realize pharma is not just a sort of a euphemism or a, some, a, a metaphor for just all of the pharmaceutical industry. This is a group of people that have their own, there's a, they have their own board of directors. It's sort of like what the Milk Council did for the Got Milk campaign uh, for all of the milk industry. That's what pharma is to all of the pharmaceutical industry. 
so it's sort of like they're big protectors, and if you know what I will. So um, up until 1992, there's a lot of revolving door personnel. So it's always been sort of an issue when you have people that used to work in the, um, in the you know, in, at say Pfizer working in the drug evaluation department for the FDA, there's going to be some conflict of interest, interest that's going to arise. But in 1992, they really took it one step further. And what they did, as most people know, is there's, um, I guess there's like a thousand lobbyists, like three lobbyists for the pharmaceutical industry per each member of Congress, essentially, between two and three. Wow. So there's a lot of power there and a lot of money being thrown around. In 1992, <laughs> Pharma lobbied Congress to pass what's called the uh, Drug User Fee Act, which basically, uh, the FDA didn't request it, it didn't, uh, they just like, sort of forced it upon them. So it, what it is is the FDA now has to accept money from the pharmaceutical industry per application for any new drug uh, to be approved, uh, to be submitted to be approved. So whether if, if, you know, Viagra had to pay a fee in order, in order to get this thing, um, you know, to be considered by the FDA. So it's, and it's every year it keeps going up in 1990, since 1992. And they, Congress could kill it any time. Uh, every year it, they, ha, they can either not renew it or renew it. And it's gotten to the point where over 50% of the FDA's drug evaluation department money comes now from pharma. It's no longer just a taxpayer um, money like, you know, what most people think uh, at all. So, so when you have, the, when, when the FDA has sort of been propped up to where now they're dependent, you know, there's a larger staff, obviously, so they can rush their drugs through, you know, Vioxx, things like that. And, of course, the drugs, I'm sure, that are okay. And um, so, yeah, so it's you basically, um, the FDA is now financially dependent on the very industry that it is, uh, been, you know, asked to regulate. So it, it causes a really big problem. And... Sorry. Yep. I think the number that you put into the, the movie was that pharma has given the FDA about a half a billion dollars last year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's over. Yeah, it's over half a billion dollars. It's like 600 and some million. Yeah. And each applicant, it goes up, goes up every year. The year. I had to change the numbers because I was working on the film for a couple of years. It was um, like $100 million less the year before. So you can imagine how fast it's going up. And it so went it, from one. Uh, uh, yeah. I think you made his point. Yeah. It's, uh, the clip is over. Um. So I, I found this fascinating because, you know, here's a guy who just kind of eloquently talks about how it works. Yeah, well, I mean, fee-based stuff is what pays for a lot of things. It's just essentially another version of taxing, but it's done, you know, in different ways. Fees. Yeah, but it also, it also keeps every other small guy out. So if you have oh, yeah. a, a oh, cure. So absolutely. That's the idea. You don't want small guys. Right. And You want uh, only big guys. Yeah, you want only big guys. That's right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to contact this guy and see if uh, we can put him on the stream. I think yeah, it'd be on a the stream. great addition to. Uh, hey, just, we have a yeah. we have a correction I want to make. Oops, or a correction to you, I guess. But I should have caught this. Oh, wait, I, I said something wrong again. No, huh. uh, you just didn't understand the situation. I was talking about how taxation in Washington State is largely speeding tickets. Right. And you made you said, well, why don't you just go take take him to court because the cops never show up. I forgot to mention because my I didn't realize it, but now I do that when you take him to court, there's an automatic hundred dollar fee just to do that. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a tax. That's a fee. It's a fee. <laughs> it's a fee. I tell you. Speaking of Washington, John, um, yet another foot has washed ashore. Oh, really? I didn't catch that because we've been following the foots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've been washing ashore for about two or three years now. Yes. Uh, this is the ninth foot in three years. So I get there should be another one on the way. I mean, I, you got to presume that we didn't have like a one-legged guy. Who oh, got... no. There has only been the one side of the they're, they're never They've never accounted for two feet from the same person. Oh, so it's all, it's all separate foots. 
Yeah, so they're all different foots. They're a foot with a, usually with a tennis shoe on it, chopped off, and then it washes on shore usually around Victoria, B.C. So what is going on? Why? Yeah, it, Nobody it, knows. It was a white Nike shoe in 2009. You're right. It says it right here. So what is up with these foots washing up? They're single weird. I don't even know what the what the race of the foot is. I mean, is it a, they don't say if it's an Asian foot or a, a Caucasian foot or a whatever. But the feet have been washing up on there about two a year, uh, and it's one foot chopped off just above the ankle Wait, with have, a have, tennis shoe on it. I have it. the list. Uh, the first foot was found August twentieth, two thousand seven, on Jediah Island. Uh, a right male foot. In a campus shoe. Oh, this is something for the shoe industry. It was a campus shoe, size 12. It's a big foot. Uh, the next one turned up on Gabriola Island. Six days later, it was a right male foot, size 12 Reebok. The third foot, right again, belonging to a male found on February 8th, uh, was a blue and white Nike, size 11. The fourth foot, May 22nd, Kirkland Island. This was a female right foot. They're like right foots for some reason. Uh, size yeah. 7 New Balance. It's only, it's only uh, tennis shoes, by the way. Tennis the, shoes and right feet. The fifth foot, West Ham Island, uh, the mouth of the Fraser River. Oh, this was a left male foot. Oh, that's new. And DNA testing has matched it with the foot found on Valdez. Valdez? But the man's identity is unknown. The sixth foot, August 1st, uh, west of Port Angeles. A right male foot, size 11 or 12, men's low-rise, dark hiking-type athletic shoe made by the Everest Shoe Company. And the seventh foot, uh, uh, November 11th, uh, Fraser Beach, uh, a female left foot, uh, no, that was no, no shoe. And October 29th, a right foot inside a white size 8.5 Nike running shoe on the beach in Richmond. So there's another foot's on the way. This is very interesting. Where are they coming from, these foots? <laughs> they don't know. And this has been going on for years now. These, these, usually, I didn't know there was a, a match of a left and a right foot. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's, that's news to me. Because my, my understanding was always right feet, and it was, they always had a tennis shoe. Now, the one foot missing the tennis shoe, I mean, that's possible a shark ate the shoe or it's, who knows what. It's someone who has a very weird fetish, for sure. Well, it's obvious. It could be either he's doing it to its corpses or he's a mass murderer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, they don't, they have not gotten the clue. And it's so, they t- you know, it takes so, every foot takes, you know, months and months before another one shows up and they don't know where they're coming from. Cause, but they seem to be showing up in these beaches in their area of the Puget Sound. Uh, not Puget Sound, but the, the, uh, whatever that, the, the Juan de, Juan de Fuca, Straits of Juan de Fuca beaches around there and, uh, on both sides of the border. So I think there, it has to be just off of the coast because it can't be coming from China. Let's see. The, the article actually here says, um, because of the island's position in the Strait of Georgia, it's not unusual for bodies, torsos, legs, and arms to wash ashore. Hmm. You may not have taxes up there, but boy, you got some problems. Well, it's entertaining in some funny sick way. Speaking of entertaining, while we just stay on the real news for a moment, I have a new meme for you, John. Uh oh. After vajazzling, what could come next? Vatuing. Yes, indeedy. You can even get glow in the dark vatus. Why would anybody want to do this? Well, a while back, uh, I'm reading from the luxuryspot.com. Especially if it's glowing in the dark, it scared the crap out of you. <laughs> so it's also known as twatuing. 
or simply vagina tattooing. There it is. There's that word again. Except that these vats, because they're Rhymes not tats, it. they're vats, uh, are painful because they are uh, applied painstakingly with an airbrush. Uh, vatooing, everybody. This is uh, brand new. This, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, this, this is, uh, this is something my, my, you know, my freaking daughter is going to do this. If she hears about this, it'd be, oh, this is great. I have another place Glows to in the tat. dark. <laughs> Glow in the dark vatoo. <laughs> so uh, if you thought you could make some money on vajazzling.com, I think vatooing.com uh, is, uh, is definitely the next, uh, the next wave, the next meme. So hop on that boat as soon as you can. Uh, park that sucker and uh, send us uh, some money from it. Now, do we have to talk about, I, I think we should actually, about the uh, Discovery building, about the uh, the hostage situation? Well, unless, I, I don't have a, um, a theory about this, and unless you do, I don't know. That I have a question. I, I do have a question. All right. Um well, give a little background for people that are listening to this. Okay, so there's this guy, his name is Lee, who actually has a um, website very similar to George Sodini. Remember that guy? Yeah, one of these bo- seemingly bogus yeah, websites seemingly, by our yeah, analysis. Where they find an archive, and it's like made with Microsoft Word export to HTML, yeah. which I guess is kind of the, the agency's joke. But uh, this guy, actually, he, I think he was onto something. He was protesting uh, Discovery... And it's not Discovery Channel, it's Discovery Communications, and that's what I want to talk about in a minute. Uh, saying that, you know, they're horrible, that they're, they're a horrible company, and, uh, and they should actually be uh, telling people how to solve the problem and not making the type of programming that they are making. So I look into Discovery Communications, Inc., and there's a couple questions I have. First of all, why are they located in Silver Springs, Maryland, a 20-minute drive from CIA headquarters? I think these guys are, and so this Lee guy, I think he was onto something. I think they truly are the Ministry of Truth. If, look at the channels that they own. Discovery, TLC, Animal Planet, Discovery Health, Science Channel, Investigation Discovery, Military Channel, Planet Green, Discovery Kids, Fit TV, HD Theater, The Oprah Winfrey Network, Turbo, International Networks, Discovery Education, Discovery Enterprises International, Treehugger.com, PetFinder.com, HowStuffWorks.com. They've got uh, in the store, discoverystore.com, toys and games, telescopes, DVD sets, Planet Earth DVD. And this is a huge, this, is, this is a $3 billion a year company. $3 billion. And they've got you know, tens of thousands of employees. I think, I think this guy was right. He's, it's told, I mean, why, why, if you have a media company, New York, Los Angeles, gotcha. Silver Springs, Maryland? Why? Why are you there? That's my question. Huh. Well, like, uh, the funny guys that they're on is on the board of directors is interesting. You had John Malone. Oh, yeah, you got all the big cable guys are on it. Totally, all of them, yeah. Um, there's been tons of insider transactions recently. So anyway, so this guy uh, writes a manifesto. Uh, this is the... Uh, this is the, uh, the, the website. This was on a... I love how this is reported. The following is a list of demands by James Lee, the man identified by police as holding hostages inside the Discovery Discover Channel building, which is factually incorrect. It's Discovery Communications. They, uh, Oprah Network. So that, that's just the smallest of all of them. 
in Maryland, which is Spook Central. Uh, the list was found on a cached version of the website. Yeah, why aren't they in New York like a normal media company this like this? This is what I'm saying. Why is this? Oh, the, the funny thing about this guy is uh, <laughs> he says, uh, he says, you know, what people need to do is stop making filthy human babies. That's the problem. But his manifesto is kind of interesting. You know, he says, look, Discovery Health TLC must stop encouraging the birth of any more parasitic human infants and the false heroics behind those actions. Send me a link to his website. Well, I don't have the website here. I've got the uh, I've got his manifesto, which was uh, apparently who knows where his website is. No one puts a link to that anywhere. Are you kidding me? God forbid. You, wait a minute. You're telling me that the media talks about his website but doesn't link to it? No, of course not. Well, that's idiotic. It's typical. Oh, it's savetheplanetprotest.com. Here we go. Let's take a look at it. Oh, yeah, right. But, I'm sure that's But it's what not it is. linked. Savetheplanetprotest.com. Oh, it's not even a cached version. This, the whole site is... <laughs> this is funny. Wait a minute. Let me take a look. Who, who, who is this registered to? Hold on a second. Who is yeah, savetheplanetprotest.com? Let's see who it's registered to. It's... Uh, Registered to My Demands is the name of the page. James Lee, uh, British Columbia. Let's see, registered January seventh, two thousand eight. So, I guess that's his registration. But look, but look at how they do this. Look, it's like that. That is his website. He doesn't have any. I mean, it's just this one page. I mean, come on. How can I buy this? Let me view source for a second. Let me see. What, oh, yeah. There it is. Yeah, made with Microsoft Word. <laughs> you know what they did? Let's, t- let's look at archive.org for a second. Let's see if this thing There'll changed. be nothing. They'll have nothing. This is, could have been put up yesterday for all we know. Um, take, do a view source for a second. Let's just take a look. at. Is there a date on this? This was put up. Mm, let me see. Microsoft Word. No date that I. Well, here's one. Here's does a time. A, does it put a date in there? It's got to have a yeah, date. Yeah, created ten seven eighteen. Supposedly uh, uh, July eighteenth. Last saved ten. You know, July eighteenth. Well, that's easy enough to to spoof. Let's just take a look at archive.org. But it's only been up for a month. A month well, and a half. Well, no, the website's been around for a long time. It's been around for a number of years. So let's well, his, just, but his demands, his, his, his demands, right? But let's see what he's had on there previously. So take, this is gonna, you're not going to find anything. I'm sure of it. Well, I'm, let's see. 2008, January 30th. Let's see what was on there at the time. Uh, February 15th, 23rd. Protest against Discovery Channel in Silver Spring, Maryland. My name is Lee. Please look for. So here's a real website. This is like with a picture. He's got a whole logo. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So it's, it's gone from that to this. Give yeah. me, send me the link. Okay, hold on. This is. By a- the way, while you're doing that, uh, Paul Couture has uh, picked up a couple of domain names: twatpockets.com <laughs> and twat chewing. <laughs> twat Both will be <laughs> twat pockets. Uh, point, they will be pointing to the noagendashow.com. Twatpockets.com. Look at July 13th. See if uh, Save the Planet protest essay contest. Wow. 
sample idea, video title experiment, race to save the planet. Oh, there's a YouTube video. You know, I'm always thinking that. when these kinds of things happen, it's, it's always result. It's always the, hey, uh, we've been reading your uh, website. We'd like to, to talk to you about this. Can you, can you come over can to you come the, over to the Discovery uh, Channel? We'll fly over. Yeah. Race to save the planet. Experimental video title for a TV show idea. This must be... Uh, did he put this up? Let me see. Uh, two videos... This is interesting. Let's just see. Hmm. Let's play this for a second, see if it'll actually load. It's fucking YouTube. Uh, sir. Uh, warrants some investigation. Let's let's uh, leave it up to Yeah, that. let's look into this and discuss it further. Yeah, it definitely warrants. Uh, we'll we'll discuss it in our Twat Pocket segment. Of, and the, uh, and uh, they, they want to mention that TwatPockets.com uh, <laughs> was credited. The guy who came up with the idea was uh, Citizen X in the oh, chat. that's not a guy. That's a gal. Well, that's a gal? Yeah, that's, uh, that's Well, then, then, then it's, the whole thing's kosher. Yeah, it's it's good to go. <laughs> We're in. It's even better. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. I got a uh, little Codex Alimentarius uh, sound clip here, short one. This is uh, from the, uh, what's the the morning coffee show? Is that what it's called? With Joe Scarborough and... I, uh, yeah, I never watch it. And uh, Minka Brzezinski, whatever, Brzezinski's yeah. daughter. Yeah. So, uh, of course, we've got... Sleazeballs, the, I think yeah, is the name of the show. Yeah, total sleaze. Yeah, com Incorporated. Twat Pockets, I think, is the name of the show. And uh, so they're talking about, uh, you know, they're propagating the formula of uh, how uh, the nanny state must control what you eat because otherwise you won't be a healthy human resource. Oh, yeah, and, I saw this clip. I was thinking of using it, but uh, yeah, it well, just made me so mad. Yeah, that's why. I'll make you mad. Here we go. Uh, the days of American consumers being in the dark about how many calories they're consuming may be coming to an end. In accordance with... Notice we're in the dark, John, because we're stupid slaves. We don't know anything. We're in the dark. Don't know anything. The recently enacted health care overhaul, the federal government is requiring movie theaters, airplanes, trains, even grocery store food courts to post calorie counts. Oh, wow, wow. Okay, you know what? I got to drop this act that I do, like, because I know I'm fat, okay? And Mika tells me I'm fat. This act about how I think that you're a boy. I've got to tell them. We went up to Friendly's, and I, I'm just going to out them. We went, and I guess I should salute them. We went up, we were in Connecticut, and somebody said, hey, let's go to Friendly's. I said, okay, never been. They put the calories on the menu, and I would have, without looking, consumed about 2,500 to 3,000 calories. After looking at the counts on those things, this is grossed out. I, I had soup. I think it's so important. I had soup. This is critical. It really is. I hate to sound like you. This is a Thank critical, you. critical step. I think all restaurants should be required to put calorie counts next to it. And I, again, oh, not sounding like asshole. you, but I played that act long enough. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I said it. Oh, my goodness. And notice all those little, like, trains memes slip that in there. You need to know on the train how much you're eating. When you're asked for your papers, slave. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, yes. Uh, and, but it's weird because he slips and he says, I want to out them. But then he said, oh, I mean, I mean, I congratulate them because they're great friendlies. Friendlies is great. And I'm fat. I'm fat. He's not fat. He's not fat at all. Like, I'm fat because I'm eating too many calories. How do you determine? I've always wondered this. How do you determine how many calories something is? Is this like, a, what's the scientific method of determining calories? Oh, you use a kilometer. Uh- Calorimeter, cal- calor- calor- I can't pronounce it. Calorimeter, <laughs> calorimeter, which is a uh, 
it's a it's a big metal it's a big metal thing <laughs> right. that you uh, put the whatever the you put an X amount of a product in it, yeah, and then you and you put a bunch of compressed oxygen in the thing, yeah, and it's all sealed up. It's a big you know and it's you know, screwed tight, and then you put the oxygen in there, and then you drop it in a bucket of water that's a, a certain amount of water at a certain temperature. And then you light the fuse of this thing, and inside it blows. It just burns whatever it is inside. And then the water temperature is ray is rises by a certain amount. Then you do a calculation, and that's the calories. And this is uh, uh, correct, and uh, and it directly translatable to how fat you're going to be. And apparently, it's a very accurate uh, test. It's a complicated test. Only you know, you need a lot of special equipment. So I can't, I can't, I can't do this myself. I can't do this. No, at well, home. you could, but it's going <laughs> to. You'd have to spend a lot. I think the calorimeter is. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's calorimeter. Would it be a calorimeter? No, there's a calorimeter. Calorimeter. Wow. What? Okay. Whatever it is, this is funny. So that's so, that. Yeah. So that's a one for one. So that, so they do this with the, everything. Yeah, you put up your gobble. So, so, wait, so, so, so you're telling me... Mashed potatoes, no, no, hold on, no, hold on a second. Hold on. I'm asking you a question. So you're telling me that friendlies uh, take their meal, they throw this thing in a bucket, they jam some uh, oxygen in there. A no, meal, a, meal, a friendlies that. meal. They take a friendlies meal. Oh. Well, then how not. do they know how many calories are in there's it? A, there's some people that do these tests, and there's a big book of all the information. You know, a gram of, of mashed potatoes okay, made with well, rusted well, stop. this many okay, calories. Okay, so the, the, there's a big book, and friendlies goes and takes their menu and says, how do we make the uh, mashed potatoes? Okay, we put a gram of this in, we put a couple grams of that in. Is that okay. how they do it? I don't believe it for a second. It sounds like I don't believe it crap. either. It's all bogus. They just make bull these crap. numbers up. But that's how you determine calories. That's what you wanted to know. So it's bullcrap. That, that, it's that's not really bullcrap because everybody knows I mean, you know that. Friendly's is not doing that. They're not measuring their, their calories that way. No, they're just going to a book and looking it up. I want that book. What's the name of the but book? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. How do you do this at a French restaurant where the menu is changing daily and the guy goes and buys some fresh vegetables and some fresh meat? Yeah. And he, and he Thank does you. some. So it'll have to be by the book. They're going to have to go, it can't okay. Be. That's the point. That's why this is such crap. Thank you. This, this I got cannot it out of you. be done. Yes. Thank you. And I don't want to go to a French restaurant and look at a <laughs> calorie count. <laughs> I have an end of uh, show clip, which we'll play in a moment because we're about to wrap it up. Uh, which. Uh, Wait, wait, one more, one more correction. Apparently, Citizen X did not. Oh, I repeat, did not, did not come up with it. Okay, geez, Louise, real time breaking news. Uh, this is, and it's from uh, it's Hannity in a special five minute report on Fox, which I do not watch. I, it, it's, it, I just get sick of watching that. I watch it for you. I know you do, so I don't have to. It's called the Cap and Trade Charade. Uh, and, and I have to say, it's an excellent report. It's five minutes, and it lays out entirely the cap-and-trade carbon credit scam, brings in all the players, Al Gore, his investment company, all of that. So it's well worth, It's a well-produced piece, and I'm thinking, how, how did the Democrats approve this to air? Because it's, it's basically, uh, if you take the past year, um, not this past year, but when we were really hot and heavy on the science being in on global warming... We pulled all this apart. We gave you all this information about all the players, how the, how the carbon trading scam is working, and he's condensed it down into a five-minute report. I can't believe that someone said, yeah, go ahead, put that on the air, unless it's just to throw it in our face and laugh at us, because it's correct. It's a really, really good piece. So that's going to be uh, at the end of the show, and right now I have... Uh, 
So we've always said that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is just evil. And uh, now we've got some proof. As uh, this week, a financial website published the Gates Foundation investment portfolio. And uh, just recently, they purchased 500,000 shares of Monsanto stock worth an estimated $23.1 million. That's great, Bill and Melinda. And you know why? Because they want to sell this crap. They know that they're going to get this crap into Africa. That's why. Yeah, well, we could. Apparently, uh, they couldn't uh, kill the Africans with AIDS. No, it, not good enough. Not working because the Africans said, "Well, hey, you know this 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 is killing us. So we shouldn't uh, do that anymore. We should uh, have protected sex and uh, eat genetically well, modified corn." Yeah, it's great. No, I think you're right. These are eugenicists. These people. They're out to kill you. Out to kill you. Thanks for investing in Monsanto, Bill and Melinda. World, world saviors. All right. Douchebag. <laughs> just, had, just had to let you wow. know. All right, so that end of show clip called uh, Cap and Trade Charade, or as we would say in Gitmo Nation East, Charade. Yeah, they actually do some good packages once in a while. And that's- it would be Cap and Trod Charade is uh, coming up. Wow, John Jam Pack Show today. Yeah, and we want to remind people that we are 100% listener-supported. If we don't get uh, our support, then that's the, that'll be the end of the show. I mean, obviously, we're getting some support, which is more than enough to get us by. But Yeah, but we're out hustling, doing other stuff. I mean, I, I can't spend uh, the whole week on the show. I just can't. It's, uh, i got to hustle other ways, like uh, getting the big app show on Android, which is happening. <laughs> it's going to be cool. But I have to hustle. Are you hustling? What are you hustling? I'm going to take a nap. (laughs) It's what we do so you don't have to. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, soon to be armed in Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. I am the filthy human baby known as Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where it's going to be so hot. We have no air conditioning up here in northern California. So it's going to be hot and miserable today. Uh, but uh, I'll be uh, I'll be taking a nap. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda. Welcome back to the Green Swindle. Now, President Obama's answer to the so-called problem of global warming is one of the most controversial solutions being shopped today. Every little bit of pollution that is sent up into the atmosphere, uh, that polluter is getting charged for it. It is the system known as cap and trade, but what does it actually mean? The government caps how much CO2 companies and industries can produce and then allows them to trade credits in CO2. So if one firm faces very high cost to reduce pollution and another firm has low cost to reduce pollution, the idea is the low cost firm can create credits and sell them to the other company. The idea of cap-and-trade is that you leave it to the marketplace to determine what measures should be used to reduce pollution. It's really a misnomer to say that cap-and-trade is a market-based system. At best, you might call it market socialism, because essentially you are rationing energy use. Where did this idea of carbon trading come from? Like many things related to the current administration, it can be traced back to Obama's hometown 
and a company called the Chicago Climate Exchange, or the CCX. The company declined an interview request, but in an email to Fox News, a spokesperson explains that CCX's purpose is to, quote, help prepare businesses and markets for potential regulations at the international or federal level while reducing greenhouse gas emissions through a rules-based exchange platform. The founder of CCX is Richard Sandor, named by Time Magazine as the father of carbon trading. He was one of the leaders in saying, why don't we get out early and start a climate exchange for greenhouse gases? So he went and got foundation grants from some liberal foundations like the Joyce Foundation, at the time one of whose board members was a guy named Barack Obama. The company originated with two grants from the Chicago-based Joyce Foundation, whose president, Paula DePerna, soon left to become the executive vice president of CCX. Senior White House advisor Valerie Jarrett was the foundation's former director. Usually you don't need foundation funding to set up a, um, a commodities exchange. There's usually plenty of private money because uh, there's usually lots of profit in uh, trading commodities. Well, carbon is different uh, because we're going to make that market uh, artificially. In 2006, CCX was acquired by Climate Exchange PLC, which was then acquired in July of this year by Intercontinental Exchange for approximately $600 million. Among those who may have benefited financially, Sandor himself, who owned nearly 17% of shares, Al Gore's company, Generation Investment Management, and Goldman Sachs, which at one point owned as much as 10%. There's a lot of green to be made in being green. Now, despite CCX's arguments in favor of a cap-and-trade system, many scientists and economists maintain not only is it a bad idea, it is also nearly impossible to implement. Climatologist and former NASA scientist Dr. Roy Spencer says that the energy technology necessary to make a large-scale switch from fossil fuels does not yet exist. You cannot legislate new forms of energy into existence. Dr. Spencer also argues that the climate system is much less sensitive to CO2 than most experts claim, and that CO2 in the atmosphere might not even be a bad thing. Cap and trade might make people feel good about themselves, that we're actually doing something to help the environment. But it's not going to have any measurable impact on future global temperatures. Others argue against cap and trade's practicality. If President Obama wants us to reduce emissions to their 1990 levels by 2020 and reduce them an additional 80% by 2050. What does that actually mean in practical terms? It means reducing our fossil fuel energy use to a level the United States last experienced a hundred years ago. Most of all, critics argue what the system would mean for an already struggling economy. Cap and trade is a mechanism for punishing the use of fossil fuels so that other sources of energy, which are inherently more expensive, will become more attractive. Washington Times stated in 2009 that Obama's climate plan could cost industry close to $2 trillion. That's nearly three times the White House's initial estimate. Where do the energy companies get their money? They get it from ratepayers. They get it from people who buy gasoline and natural gas and electricity. So eventually the consumer pays 100% of the tab. Under my plan, uh, of a cap-and-trade system, electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket. Once people saw that it was a huge tax increase folded into their energy bills, uh, then people saw the economic impact, not only on their pocketbook, but also on American jobs and American competitiveness around the world.
the greatest amount of experience that anyone has with cap and trade is in the European uh, trading scheme. And they've been dabbling in this uh, for a couple of years now. You've had a number of companies in Europe that have shut down factories or move out of Europe completely into developing nations that aren't suppressing their carbon dioxide emissions. And somehow cap and trade keeps inching closer to becoming reality. The Waxman-Markey bill, which would establish a cap and trade system here in the U.S., Similar to the EU's emission trading system, narrowly passed the House last year by a vote of 219 to 212. What do you say to the 212 that voted against it? The Waxman Markey bill was this thousand page monstrosity of all sorts of deals and special, uh, special arrangements for all kinds of interest groups. That'll create a lot of regulation, create a lot of work for lawyers, create a lot of work for lobbyists. It won't do much uh, to make us a wealthier or greener society. The bill is currently sitting in the Senate. I look forward to continuing this work with the Senate so that Congress can send me a bill that I can sign into law. Politicians are more interested in gaining power than they are in improving our economy. Either that or they're just plain stupid. They really don't care whether the science is right or wrong. All they care about is that this is an opportunity to expand government. And since all of humanity requires energy, uh, this kind of legislation is a bureaucrat's dream because whoever controls energy controls the world. Don't be the, the science is in!